All right. It usually happens faster than I know, so we should be live now. So we're here with Jay Schweitzer, uh, myself, and Turbo Nuts, obviously. But Jay, for anybody who doesn't know, is the man behind On the Pipe. And uh, actually a lot more videos prior to that, right? Yeah, uh, did a Moto Triple X 336, um, Mad Mike's Mayhem. Nice. A video with Jordan called uh, Eargasm. Yep. That was a punk rock music video. I did another music video uh, with Troy Adamitis in Europe that was kind of like the Warp Tour, but it was like 13 different countries in Europe in like 13 days, and that was called the Deconstruction Tour. Um, and then um, I did a movie called Crush. It was the first Trans World Motocross movie. Oh, okay. And then I um, I did another movie with Twitch called 420% All Natural. Oh, yeah. And then I did a movie for Metal Militia called Black Friday. Seen that too. That's impressive. Yeah, a lot of movies. <laughs> Done a lot of movies, man. A lot of a lot of motocross movies and a lot of uh, home movies that none of you guys will ever see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> aka the jackhammer. That's right, the jackhammer. I think, uh, I think Jimmy Fitzpatrick might have nicknamed me that, but uh, I think he I think he heard me say it once somewhere on on tour somewhere. <laughs> Nice. That's that's for another episode. (laughs) How did you get into doing videos in the first place? Um, I was going to college in Lake Tahoe, um, 1993 through 1997 at Sierra Nevada College in Incline Village, Nevada. For those of you who've never heard of that little town, uh, it's in a place called Lake Tahoe. And I was really big into snowboarding, so I, uh, upon graduating high school, I moved up to Lake Tahoe and um, was really into the snowboard scene. And I grew up watching uh, the Mac Dog snowboard videos, and and I was just really into that whole movement when it was just exploding, um, the late '90s and, or excuse me, late '80s and early '90s. Um, so it was those movies that actually inspired me to move up to Lake Tahoe as, as well as my, my mom who introduced me to that place and got me into skiing as a kid. Um, midway through college, um, one day I walked into my counselor's office and I see this, uh, little piece of paper on the bulletin board there and it said Mac Dog Productions intern needed and i'm like no way i was like wow this is this is great um you know the the guy's movies that i grew up watching um you know and he's mac dog was and and probably still is you know the the most legendary snowboard filmmaker i think of all time um you know now there's you know there's new guys doing it you know red bull's got their fourth phase and art of flight but before any of those super huge big budget movies mac dog was the man who discovered all the the up-and-coming top snowboarders from Sean White. He was the first person to film with Sean White and Peter Lyon and Terry J. Hawkinson and all these guys that were my idols, you know. And at this time, dirt bikes weren't even on the radar for me. Like, like you know, they're cool, but 
I was I grew up skateboarding and um and snowboarding. So um then uh so yeah, I went and applied uh to do the internship, but it wasn't even for filming, it was to do sales and to sell his snowboard movie and other snowboard movies to snowboard shops all over the country. So I went and applied and they liked me and so me. And uh, that's kind of where it all started. And then I became, you know, pretty good friends with MacDog. And then when I simultaneously, like, while I was snowboarding, I kind of, like, I was competing in college, but then I ended up getting hurt and um, blew my knee out, they blew my shoulder out, and just all these problems just kind of started happening. So while that that kind of basically put a halt to my um, snowboard career, or at least what I thought was going to be one. I then uh, got into filming. And so I started checking out cameras for my college. And even though I was going to school for business, it's a four-year private school. So I was going to school to get my bachelor's in business administration. Um, I started taking filming classes in classes and then I started working with MacDog, and he started teaching me how to do some editing while I was doing sales. Um, and then I did another internship for a different guy at eMedia Studios and just really got into the whole filming thing. Um, so granted, this is about 95, 96 when this was all happening for me. So by the time I had graduated in 97, I earned enough um, credits to get a minor in electronic arts. So, you know, I ended up graduating from that school with a bachelor's in uh, business administration with a minor in electronic arts. So that's that would be um, film, right? I'm sorry? Electronic arts is filming? Yeah, electronic arts is, you know, it's what, what we now call digital media. Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And then I... Um, and decide, I was like trying to figure out, okay, is this really what I want to do? 1997 now. Is this really what I want to do? So, um, it was the beginning of 96, 97, that winter there. I graduated, but uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to go to Europe and take a, a backpack, a snowboard, and a camera, and some clothes. And I bought a Eurorail pass, and I went and traveled for two months to see if this is what I wanted to do. Film. Sure. And so I traveled all over the French and Swiss Alps and went to the first European board aid, saw uh, Run DMC play live, and, you know, filmed that and Tony Hawk skating. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a really uh, incredible time. You know, went to Amsterdam, did some crazy things over there. And then, um, yeah, and then when I came back, I came back to Tahoe and I was going to go start working for MacDog and, um, I had a really bad snowboard accident, ran off this 35-foot cliff into a tree, probably should have died, last second, you know, shifted my board sideways, snapped the board in half, shattered my leg, um, and they had to do, you know, pretty immediate surgery, put a metal rod in my leg, and then um, at that point, I decided to move back down south where I grew up, which was in L.A. in the San Fernando Valley, um, and so I... Uh, moved into my mom's house to kind of let her take care of me for a little bit. And um, I had this kind of crazy idea at that time that I wanted to make these punk rock music videos and these film these all these live bands that, I, you know, I was really into. 
and uh, intercut each band with a different sport. Uh, I, I, through my brother, I became friends with, with this guy, Jamie Ibon. And Jamie Ibon and his brother, Robert Ibon, uh, were responsible for making all of the motocross graphic kits. Not all, but all of the cool ones and the important ones uh, during the mid to late 90s. They also designed semis. They did all of InStyle's graphics. Um, they did... The, they they designed the Motor Triple X character. Okay? okay. They designed all the original Motor Triple X stuff. And so I was friends with Jamie, and I started telling Jamie about my idea for making this punk rock music video with these different sports. And he's like, oh, man, you got to meet my buddy, Kurt. And I'm like, who's Kurt? He's like, oh, Kurt Haller. He he makes these videos called the Motor Triple X videos. I, I haven't <laughs> even seen him, right? And so, and he's like, he makes you had this brilliant idea. Yeah, I hadn't even seen him. And uh, maybe I'd seen, like, in shops, I had maybe seen it hanging up, but I'd never watched any, you know? Um, I'd maybe seen a Krusty or something like that, I think, but didn't really too much know too much about the scene. So then um, he's like, you got to meet my friend Kurt, and he's, you know, partners with uh, these punk rock drummers, this guy Jordan from Strung Out, and Eric from No Effects, and, and uh, you got to meet Kurt. He, you know, he, he will probably be all into this idea. So Kurt used to actually make snowboard movies before he ever made the Motor Triple X videos. But he never achieved the success that MacDog did. MacDog was like the kingpin, and then Kurt with his snowboard movies was down here. Although Kurt was a great cinematographer, he just he just never achieved that success. So when he found out that I had worked for MacDog, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll take this meeting with this guy. And so then uh, I met with him, pitched him on the idea of making this punk rock music video, and uh, he said, well, hey, you know, we got to involve my partner Jordan on this because Jordan knows everybody. And I was like, all right. So that was Jordan and Kurt pitched him on the idea, and we decided we were going to do it, and we were going to shoot it all in 16-millimeter film. And so that's how it started. I started working with those guys making this video called Eargasm, which was pre-My Motor Triple X days. Um, we started working on that right as Kurt finished up Motor Triple X 2. Um, at that point, um, we started working on the music videos. Next thing you know, we're filming every single sick punk rock band you can imagine. And then, like I said, this is ninety. This is now summer of 97. We're filming No Effects, Bad Religion, Pennywise, Suicidal Tendencies. You know, you, you name it, we filmed them all, you know, I mean, from AFI to Rise Against to Social Distortion to Offspring, Sex Pistols, um, anybody cool, we filmed them. So, uh, I was like, man, this is a dream, this is like totally, totally what I want to do. And so then midway through, while we were making Deer Guys, before we even finished, Kurt said, hey, you know what, he's like, I think you're a really good worker, and you know, you seem to be picking up this filming thing quick. He was teaching me, Kurt was teaching me how to shoot on 16mm film. And he's like, help me move my business, Motor Triple X, back up to Santa Barbara. And he's like, you know, he's like, you'll help me run the race team and, um, you know, help me do sales and you'll help me make, we're going to start on Motor Triple X 3. And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I don't know much about the whole moto scene. I was like, I'm going to move back to Tahoe, you know, without my legs healed and go snowboarding and, and go work for MacDog because MacDog had, had you know, offered me kind of a, an entry-level filming uh, position and uh, for next winter, and which was like a dream for me to be able to work with him. Right. And then 
I don't know, Kurt, Kurt somehow convinced me to, to do it, move up there instead and, and start working with him. He's like, we're going to start this. We're going to start the first ever freestyle team. You know, I'm like, I'm all freestyle. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, we're going to do this freestyle. And he's like, he's a watch. I'm telling you, it's going to be an X games and freestyle is going to blow up. I'm like, eh, all right. And, and so he's like, you got to come out with me. He's like, we're, I'm going to, from our triple X three, I'm going to go shoot with this guy, Mike sink Mars. And I was like, huh, who's this sink Mars guy? So I was like, all right, so we go out there and, uh, you know, Brian Manley had built this 360 degree dome. I was just going to say, thing I ever yeah, seen. that is, yeah, a, that is probably really still thick. one of the coolest courses. Still, yeah. yeah, there's still, there's still never been anything built quite like this still to this day. Um, and so, yeah, I went out there, and all these guys were out there, including Pastrana, Enzo, all these guys. But Sink was going bigger than everybody. And so I was like, damn, I was like, this this, this guy's gnarly, you know. And, and Kurt's like, that's the guy we're going to start the freestyle team with. I was like, all right. So so that, that when I saw Sink jump, that was pretty much the deciding factor that I was like, all right, I think there's something here with this sport. Maybe I'll pass up on the snowboard thing and, and, I'll, and I'll try this dirt bike thing out with Kurt. Um, and anyways, that's that's kind of how it all started for me. So you and you having to get in like that's still super early in the whole freestyle in general, you know? Yeah, that was that was before uh, X Games. Um, it was before there. I mean, it basically, uh, Deegan had just left the Motor Triple X race team and Metzger had just left the race team. Um, freestyle was still a new sport, you know, um, there, I mean, the, the tricks were, <laughs> I mean, compared to what they're doing now, obviously yeah. it was just such a, so it's a premature sport at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, that was a good time in the sport though. You know, I think for, I, and I'm probably biased cause growing up with the movies that we grew up with, I like almost any filmer that started as something else stuff better, you know, like BMX filmers going into moto and uh, snowboard yeah. because they have their own feel. And I think that, I don't know, I feel like people later on that got into just moto only have a different, you know, feel to their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I was inspired by through the snowboard filmmakers. And if you look at, if you look at, uh, Krusty and Moto Triple X, both of those films, the head filmers, John Freeman and Kurt Howard, both were snowboard filmmakers. Yeah. You know, they both came from the snowboard world. Yeah. Uh, so, and then you look at myself and, and Mac dog who did the on the pipe series came from the snowboard world. So there's a lot of, um, influence from the snowboard industry, whether people acknowledge it these days or not, that came from, uh, snowboarding, you know, as far as, you know, where we're at now with motocross. That's why actually the guy, the guy that did my videos is a BMX kid. And that's why I got him to do them. Oh, cool. Go ahead, Nick. Weren't SFP and uh, LBZ kind of based off of snowboard stuff, like the baggy pants type deal? Yeah, well, LBZ, um, you know, Mike Russell's whole scene, you know, he was in originally he was uh, partnered up kind of with uh, Dana Nicholson, right? And Daniel Nicholson was was a pro snowboarder. So yeah, again, it, 
Yeah, I think the only company that wasn't really that was kind of an OG that as far as making videos that wasn't necessarily snowboard influenced was probably the Terra Firma videos. Fox. Yeah. And that was Troy. So <laughs> No, no, no. Troy did Troy did not come into the Terra Firmas. In fact, I don't even know if, I don't even think Troy ever made a Terra Firma. Troy oh, no. made Wrathchild, which is oh. one of my favorite movies of all yes. time. But I don't think Troy ever made a Terra Firma. No. Now, Terra Firma 4 or 5 was made by Mike Hatchett. Okay? Okay, yeah. Now, Mike Hatchett made the Totally Board films. Okay? Mike Hatchett and Mike McIntyre, a.k.a. MacDog, were partners on TV 2, 3, and 4. So, again, another tie-in there. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. I, I got all the history. I did. I can tell you the whole yeah. history of all that stuff, right? So. Like after you just did your first little bit there, I was like, I should have been taking notes because you went through the whole early history of, of freestyle, like way before it even started turning into a sport. Yeah. He was yeah. around when it was racers just hucking themselves off shit, doing no footers. Well, I, yeah, I was, I, was, I was around when everyone was actually friends and cool with each other before it became this like, you know. Yeah, you know, big big dick contest, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what the Before thing it was all is? Social media and following. Yeah, yeah. That's... See, damn us, it, us being out here, we're like so removed from that, though. That to us, the fact that um, people in California don't want to invite other people over to ride with them make, it blows our mind. Because we're so spread out yeah, it, yeah, that we're just, like, stoked to have somebody that's going to come and ride with us, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've been out there. You know, I filmed out there with Brody Wilson and stuff. And, yeah, I was with you yeah. at um, Youngstown. Well, that was – I think Paul Smith was there, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Paul Smith, rest in peace. What a, what a great guy, huh? Yeah. Um. Yeah, Youngstown, you know, the, the thing that's ironic about Youngstown is that's actually where my my mom was born. So uh, That's right, that's where yeah, you were out there, isn't there. it? Yeah, I was out there to visit my grandma. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, so Youngstown, that's right, that's where uh, you were out there, Paul was out there. Shooting some freestyle and Tim Boca, I believe. Tim Boca, yeah. He's the one that builds the course. And then uh, I'm pretty sure Gary Robertson was with us too. That's right. That's quite a while Um. So is that all you do is just do the movies or do you do anything in between movies? Actually, the movies are not really where I make my money. I... I I primarily uh, shoot different commercials. Um, I've been very lucky over the last, I don't know, 15 years to, to be on probably some of the biggest action sports internet sensation videos that have ever come to fruition. Um, I, I, I don't have a list in front of me, you know, or anything like that, but uh, um, some of the ones that I did were, uh, that I shot on were Jim Connor 2, Jim Connor 3, um, and uh, BJ Baldwin's Recoil One, and recently I did all the car, all the car tracking cars. Tracking Recoil Four. four. Um, I've been on pretty much every 
Robbie Madison uh, internet video um, from aircraft to I was been one of the main camera angles at every one of his big jumps from the Arc to Triumph to uh, the jump in Greece over the canal. Um, I've documented his biggest flips. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> I've got, I mean, pretty much, I can't even remember all the stuff I've done with Robbie, but it's been, every, you know, the, him and Levi jumping over the, doing the, the simultaneous jump. I mean, you name it, I've pretty much shot it with that. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> On the pipe thing was, like I said, I was doing it, but I was really making my money shooting car commercials, tire commercials, um, you know, just working with state-of-the-art technology, and that's, uh, that's been the main revenue source for me. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what I was wondering, because I know that... So, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Clint. <laughs> this is why three-way conversation Go ahead, yeah, three ways. Three ways only work if, if there's like you know two girls and a guy. But we'll three dudes. Make it work right now. Three dudes, one internet. <laughs> oh no! <I> don't <laughs> You're already part of it, man. Uh, well, that's why you got Jay here. You don't have Jackhammer here, so. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So you keep doing the moto stuff because that's that's what you you like doing, or you know. I mean, obviously, you're making your money doing the other stuff, right? From, from, you know, I make money doing the other stuff, but from the moment that I saw Sink Mars jump, that's what got me hooked, you know, and watching, I filmed a lot of his big jumps that Sink Mars did, and I became infatuated at that point with Daredevil motorcycle jumpers. Um, I don't know, there's just something about it, just all the death-defying stuff they do and the risks they take, and, you know, I mean, I being a snowboarder and then watching, knowing the stuff that I did and, and watching some of the other crazy stuff, I, I, after that, after seeing what Sink Mars and these other guys were doing, I kind of thought snowboarders were pussies, you know, but, um, <laughs> I don't, am I allowed to cuss on here? Or no cuss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're drinking beers, whatever. Say whatever you want. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I became infatuated with daredevils at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, the cool thing is that in, after I did the trans, so I left Motor Triple X in in O2. After I did Motor Triple X six, and we just kind of you know went a different. Jordan and I were kind of on the same page, um, where we thought that we should really put everything into the freestyle team, and Kurt wanted to just put everything into the race team. And he's like, racing's the backbone of the industry. And I said, yeah, it might be the backbone of the industry. But you're never going to be able to compete with factory Suzuki, Yamaha, Cowie, Honda. I was like, those are billion-dollar, you know, companies that you just – you'll never be able to – you're never going to be able to compete with them. And he's like, oh, but we won this race or won this race. I said, yeah, you might win a race here, but you're – it's just not going to happen, dude. I was like, this new movement, the freestyle movement that you're on the, the forefront of, Kurt – I was like, put everything into that, and I guarantee you, Motor Triple X is going to blow up. And it was already blowing up. Motor Triple X was, I mean, Militia was starting out, but Motor Triple X, at that time, from, you know, 90 when they started, all the way, 93 or 94, all the way to about 2000, 
two was way bigger than militia. It's not even comparable. Nobody will deny that. Yeah. Um, militia obviously went on to become huge and this million dollar company. Motor Triple X could have been that. We had we we didn't agree on 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 that aspect. Um, and I still, Jordan and I both believe to this day, if all of the on the pipe movies would have been underneath the Motor Triple X umbrella, um, but with with skits, but at this higher cinematography level, progression level, all that, um, and we would put everything into the freestyle team and that movement, that Motor Triple X would have been as big as Militia. I, I really believe that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that. You, they were they were both around at the same time, and <clears throat> as far as um like exposure wise, like basically the, it was two different angles because, like you said, they didn't focus on the team and get guys that were winning X Games. I mean, I guess there was some guy like uh, Carry Road Triple Triple X at one point. We he had, was doing dude, we good. Had all the top, we had all the top freestyle dude, man. As they were coming up from the first X Games. We had Sink Mars, who got second to Pastrana. Um, and then we had Clowers, I believe, who got third. Yeah, but I mean, so, that didn't I mean, carry had, on as long as, as the Militia did. That's the only difference. But you guys had the video end of it. We're killing them on videos. Um, and if it had just, like you yeah. said, stayed around longer <sighs> and been and continued to do good at contests, then it would have been at least the same. Yeah, no, I mean, and look, we, we we did have guys that were meddling, you know, we had Drake McElroy, and we had Jeremy Carter, and we had guys that were doing good at the X Games that were on the forefront of progression and stuff, but, um, you know, we were getting them bikes and parts and all that, and piggybacking off the race team. Should have been the other way around, Yeah, you know, but it just, it, that's where we had the difference in opinion, so, um, you know, at the end of my Motor Triple X career, I, uh, Mad Mike and I had become really good friends and, um, you know, just, I don't know how, because he's such a nut, right? And in his peak, um, you know, I think I aged a decade just making that movie and, uh, that's where I got my first DUI. Well, I, I've only had one, but it was with Mad Mike. <laughs> my first. Uh, and it was crazy, man. It was crazy, dude. The, 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 the chicks and just the, the partying and, and all of that that was going down, man. It was that's when freestyle was was real, you know. And it was there's no bullshit. There's no like, oh, he said this or he said that, and fuck him. Like, you know, none of that shit. You just fucking you either beat that guy up, you know, or you wouldn't say anything. Yeah. You know? So that's when it was like actually real. There's no just like hiding behind like. My sponsor, or this or that. I was like, no, you're, you're either gonna, oh, you're gonna talk shit, or you're gonna get your ass kicked. Yeah. Um, so, it was, you know, and, and that's kind of what Mad Mike stood for, which is which is pretty cool. He he did talk a lot of shit, but he backed it up. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so so yeah, and and while I was making that movie, um, I was the first one to film with Ronnie Renner. Um, that was an O. I want to say it was like it was like. 0102 or whatever and um and so i remember when renner came out he went to kano I'm like man this guy's really good dude. this guy's gonna be some sure enough you know so um and then uh so after that then i went on to do the uh the in 2003 i went on to make the trans world motocross video crush and uh and that really that movie really should have been on the pipe one 
Like, it was kind of had my style and everything, but they brought in this lame editor, and he didn't really agree with the way I wanted to edit the movie, and he wanted to use, so, you know, some of his music and some of his hippie-ass gay shit, and I was like, whatever, I'm getting a paycheck, so I just kind of wrote half of it off. So, if I had it my way, I would have done that movie exactly how I wanted to as far as the editing, and it probably would should have been on the pipe one. Um, after that movie came out, and people were pretty stoked on it, um, Doug Parsons and I had the idea to create the first, um, well, I don't want to say it was the first natural terrain competition, because really the first natural terrain competition for dirt bikes was the Moto Survival Tour, which I was also on. I was on. I was a part of that, um, being the filmer for Moto Triple X team. So that was really the first, and that was in 01, I believe. Um, was that on and, uh, Blue Torch or something like that? Yes, yeah, the Blue Torch Moto Survival Tour. I actually have it up on the FMX East YouTube page. Yeah, yeah, that was fun, man. That was a good time, and we we Moto Triple X we ended up winning. Um, we had a solid team. We had Dan Pastor, Mad Mike, <clears throat> Carter, Jeremy Carter. You know, and uh, me and Carter became really good buddies. You know, another guy, rest in peace, amazing, amazing dude, awesome human. And um, and so uh, yeah, that was awesome. But in, and so then I was like, okay, you know, what? I was like, I want to do a natural terrain contest. Doug wants to do a natural terrain contest. And my my last year there at Motor Triple X, this kid started coming into the office. This kid is, is his nickname's Jackpot. They call him Jack Krause. And so he lived in, in Santa Barbara where we were at. And he's like, man, you gotta come check out my my parents' ranch. He's like, we got these sick rolling hills, and he's like, it's just sick up there. He's like, man, he's like, I want to build some jumps up there. So I went and filmed, you know, this one jump that he had shoveled up there for Crush. And, and so then I hit him up, and I started um, working on this concept for Ride to the Hills with Doug. And I was like, hey, what do you think about doing a contest on your property? And I was like, I'll rent the equipment. And I was like, we'll just start pushing up giant jumps, you know? So, I mean, I'd say the first really big type of, like, tractor-built natural terrain type of giant, like, 150 to 200-foot type of jump was actually at Castillo Ranch. Right? The big table in, in Motor Triple X. Yeah, the one that Dave Castillo ate shit on. Um, but besides that one jump, nobody was really, and that's close to Danimals and Jackpots, by the way. Nobody was really making these these jumps. So I was like, you know what? I was like, this is going to be a way to push the sport to another level um, that nobody else is doing. So I, I basically, I, I rented the tractors, got the operators out there to make the jumps got the right riders out there um got pastor out there and and dustin miller and mike mason and and this is all at the beginning of, of their not the very beginning but the almost the very beginning of their freestyle career we started building up these peaky ass jumps and uh you know so i remember someone saying no one's gonna hit that jump i said yeah i said yeah pastor will hit it He's like, well, okay, Pastor might hit it, but no one's going to trick it. I'm like, well, yeah, once Pastor hits it, you know, and so I kind of just started putting the puzzle together, you know, and I was like, this is how we're going to progress the sport. Instead of just watching guys do tricks off these 75-foot jumps, we're going to make these jumps, and we're going to make them big and with steep and safe landings um, to where guys are doing their X Games tricks, you know, off 150 to 200-foot jumps. 
So I, I'm pretty proud that I, that I was on the forefront of creating that movement. Um, and so that contest happened, which was Ride to the Hills. Um, I actually invited Kurt out to be one of the filmers for Motor Triple X, so he filmed for me. And then um, I had also invited Mac Dog down. I said, hey, it's like I'd love to hire you to be a camera operator at my natural train contest. So this is 2004 now. Uh, we're talking like uh, February 2004. And so he came down, and he had the same look in his eyes as when I saw Mike Sinkmar's jump. He's like, these guys are crazy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, this is way crazier than snowboarding. This is ridiculous. Are you doing a, a, a movie this year? You know, and I said, "Well, not really. I pitched this ride to the hills contest uh, to Transworld, um, and there's this dude over there, Mark Fiore, at the time, who was the advertising guy. He wasn't the editor, but he's like the advertising. He's kind of managing the magazine. He told me my natural training contest was a waste of time. Oh, um, yeah. it, was a, it was a waste of time, and pushing up these big jumps was dumb, and." And, and, and the industry was just going to laugh at that is what he told me. So I was like, all right. And he's like, you know what? We're not interested in doing another movie with you. And I was like, all right, whatever, you know? So, um, what, what year was that guy? I'm sorry. What year was this? This, that, when I, when I pitched it to him, it was the end of crush. It was Oh three. Um, and so that's the final dude on my own. Like I've done everything else, you know? So I, I, at that point, um, said, oh, all right, fuck that kook. And, um, he apparently liked the gay shit in Crush. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I think we ruined him in the credits, actually, in that, in that movie. But, but uh, yeah, we. Um, so then we, we basically put that contest on. MacDog was, like, so stoked on the event. He's like, man, well, he's like, so do you want to do a movie? I'm like, what? I was like, the king wants to do a movie with me? Back dog, I was like, sure, let's do it, you know. And so we're uh, sitting around, and uh, um, obviously, I was a, a huge stoner at the time. Um, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, just always basically taking a hit off the pipe. And he's like, "That's it." I'm like, "What's it?" He's like, "That's the name of the of the movie on the pipe." I'm like, "Huh?" He's like, "You know, because it could also be like the pipe on a motorcycle, you know, two stroke <laughs> pipe on the pipe." That's dual meaning. I'm like, on the pipe. I don't know if people are going to think of that. He's like, it's on the pipe. I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. You know. So that's that's how on the pipe was born, right there. Awesome. Interesting, interesting story, you know. And then, and then along the way, um, I we did uh, we Red Bull was so stoked on the uh, ride to the hills, they ended up buying concept uh, off me. We produced it and uh, directed it for the next three years for them did tv shows for uh nbc uh adventure series or whatever it was on channel four prime time and did a couple other things for them with that um it discontinued the series i believe in oh six i believe it was the last year um and then after that oh there it is on the pipe right um, dude, my buddy swiped my copy of On the Pipe, and he worked at uh, Kmart in like the little technology TV area, and he would just have this on, on replay all day while he worked at Kmart. <laughs> like everybody who came in was watching dude, On the Kmart, Pipe one. Yeah, shit. I wish Kmart would have picked it up. You know, maybe they would pick up the box here. Is Kmart even still around anymore? I don't know. Uh, I think there's like no. a handful of them. 
<laughs> I was gonna take it back, but it's all he had to do during the day, so I couldn't I couldn't deprive him of it. Exactly. See, that's the animals. So that was that big that, jump that big right jump, there, right there. The first one the first was one the faster disaster, disaster jump. One of the gnarliest crashes in dirt bike history, I think. The uh, when he went. Yeah, dear Lord, I've sinned. I hit a third gear jump, fourth gear pinned. Exactly. See, you, know, you know how I came up with that one, right? A big doobie. Right? <laughs> you were on the pipe. Exactly, I was on the pipe. So I came up with that. Well, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned. I hit a fourth gear jump, fifth gear pinned. Fifth gear pinned, man. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Good so stuff. yeah, so that's that's how it all started. So uh, let's see, let's take let's take it forward now. Um, so now along along the way, um, something pretty cool. See, that's Jackpot Ranch. That's on the pipe one right there, Nate Adams. Uh, oh shit! Nate looked like a little that's kid a, there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Nate's a rad dude, badass. Um, he actually ended up. Uh, I believe did he win that? Or did Dustin Miller win it? I think Miller. No. Yeah, I think I think Miller might have won it. Um, yeah, there's the faster disaster jump right there. Um, so um, yeah. So anyways, so let's flash forward here. So uh, 2000, 2002 comes around, and like I said, I had always been infatuated with daredevil motorcycle jumpers. Right. I mean, I was shooting all the racing and. Um, you know, I was shooting, look, you know, the early, the early on the pipe movies were a, and I mean this, I mean this in the nicest way. They were a more progressive version of what the Moto series is today. I was shooting with Carmichael. I was shooting with Villapoto. I was shooting with the top dudes. Um, but I was also building the biggest jumps on the planet. I was shooting the Ultra Nationals. Um, you know, it was probably 40% racing and 60% freestyle. So it was a, a, a very progressive version of what you might see of, of a Moto 8 or Moto 9. You know? um, well, I think they're kind so, of the anti that type of video now, right? You know, like they're, they don't even have – did they have any freestylers in there? He's like the most progressive freestyle rider. He's pretty progressive, you know. But like as far as his free riding, he's he's one of the top two most progressive free riders on the planet right now. And I feel he's really um, been a big part of their guys' series. So I I respect what those guys do are doing the Moto Series guys um, for basically putting him in there. Um, so, but you know. For things for me got very political around on the pipe four uh, when I filmed um, Ryan Villapoto ghost ride his bike on the Jason Lawrence. Oh, what? When you <laughs> actually that, put it in a video? Uh, well, no, even before I put it in the video, when when I was at A Town and word got out that I was the only person that got that shot, um, Davy Coombs tried to strong arm me. Uh, demanded the footage. I said, 
okay, I said, you know, I'll give it to you. I'm, I'm going to go have a beer at the crossover, guys. He starts blowing my phone up. Um, and then, uh, you know, later, it, it, it got pretty heated between Davey and I. Now now we're cool, you know, but at that time, it got it got pretty ugly. Um, why do you think that uh, was? Like, why was he so worried about that getting out? Oh, no, he wasn't worried about it getting out. He wanted the clip for his show. Oh, I see, I see. Okay? He wanted the clip for the the motocross series. That was the biggest thing that had probably happened that entire year. I mean, oh, okay. If you look back at that clip, that's probably still one of the the best, kind of like brawl team fights of the last decade. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I was the only one that got it. So yeah, of course he wanted it. You know, um, and so uh, you know, there I I don't want to badmouth anyone. Like I said, you know, at the time. Um, you know, we had our differences. I ended up giving them the shot, but I used it in the movie too, so it was all good. Um, but things got very strict moving forward as far as shooting the races. Uh, strict, expensive, and if you weren't on Davy's side, if you weren't in his camp, you weren't shooting the outfit. And as far as Superfly, forget about that. Unless you want to pay like five grand races, forget it. That just wasn't even an option with with Live Nation, Feld, Clear Channel, whatever, whatever it was, they changed my names. So, um, at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm done shooting the racing. Like, yeah, I will shoot some track stuff with guys, but only to tell the story of Josh Grant riding tracks and then going to the dude or whatever, you know. But it had it had to kind of lead into a bigger picture for what my film was about, though. So yeah, I haven't yeah, touched have money for easy because of that. And to me, and to me you can, you know, it's the, whole the whole shooting track, it's so been done and dead. Like, I don't care how great of a film you are, you know, shooting ground tracking shots with the handheld gimbal or whatever, slow-mo or a guy scrubbing over there. Dude, been there, done that. To me, it's all the same shit, dude. Fucking, you've seen Stewart scrub, you know, Carmichael throw his whips. I mean, are, are, are those dudes doing anything gnarlier on the track than what, you know, Stewart and Ricky and Villapoto and Dungey? No, they're not. It, 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 if anything, it's 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 weaker. So I, I, I kind of like am not really a fan of just like going and shooting a bunch of dudes on a track. It's like, whatever. I'd rather my series... In the On the Pipe series, what I stand for, which is which I'm proud of, we our number one thing is progression. We've always wanted to build gnarliest jumps, document the craziest tricks, um, and, and, and not just document, but build our own shit and help progress the sport to another level. Um, others have tried. Other filmmakers have tried to do it, and including the Moto series. They've tried. Can't do it. You know, they just... They, they haven't been able to, to replicate what we've done. You look at on the Pipe 7. Like, you look at Travis Cady's ranch and, and what we did out there with, you know, what Wes and Travis Cady did. And you look at what we did at Danimals and Jackpots. And, you know, like, those guys and, and nobody else has been able to to replicate that on on a ranch to, to what we've done and, and push the sport on that level. So it, it – whether people agree with it or acknowledge it or not, they can't deny that we did help 
push the progression of, of the sport with that stuff. So, Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Just even the things you mentioned, Ride to the Hills, uh, all that stuff for sure. Um, the Moto Survival Tour, like, I wish I had gotten to ride anything like that, especially like Moto Survival Tour and Ride to the Hills. And those two things were some of the coolest things that have ever happened in freestyle. And I feel like in order for this sport to move forward at this point, that's, I think that's what, you know, <clears throat> X Games is trying to do with the 10 pack at Jacko's house or whatever, you know, because that's been done. Exactly. But, <laughs> but nobody's even attempting it anymore because, you know, it's all about jamming this shitty little course inside of a building and getting the most people to sit around it and clap, you know? Exactly. Well, you look at, you know, you take what Jacko did. It's great. I think what Jacko did is great. <clears throat> but you, like I said, that was done. You look at, look at Ride MX. That was a movie I shot for. It wasn't my movie, but that was Kurt, Derek Castillo, and, and uh, or excuse me, Kurt, Dave Castillo, and Derek Swinford made a movie called Ride MX. They had the first real 10-pack. Um, and then, uh, you know, I mean, if you look, even, I mean, look, it's, it's not even, I don't even highlight it. it. It is one of the big ones in our, in on the pipe seven, but I don't really highlight it as one of the most progressive, but you look at the jumps we built in Maui. Those are three hundred and ten foot doubles. I think Jacko's, maybe they're 10 or 15 feet bigger, but we fucking did it on Maui. Did, did you have, did you have locals hitting those jumps down there? Yeah, this guy Joey, he's like the best FMX guy in all the Hawaiian island, islands. He hit the entire line, and so did um, so did uh, my buddy PJ also did. So uh, yeah, I saw a couple guys hitting them. That was that was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, no, so um, yeah, so I mean, you know, a lot of stuff that's like people are like, oh, that's so sick. Like, yeah, yes, it's sick, and you know, yes, it's sick to see dudes flipping and stuff, but. It's been done, you know, like it's been done. Like, so if you're going to do it, okay, he, he, Jacko did great. He, he made it bigger than what's been done before. So it's great. You got to take it to that next level. Um, but you know, I think, I think it's, it's hard to be an innovator these days, um, as far as building unique stuff and building big stuff and, and all that. Um, so, I mean, the you know, problem we, is, I, I feel like we, the problem is now the stuff that they're making to try to progress. I mean, other than the quarter pipes, I think the quarter pipes are cool, but what else is new? The front flip ramp, you know, which is still controversial, but I think that the sport is going to have to go the way of big dirt contests somehow on the internet, sold on the internet or something like that in order for it to keep progressing because like you said, the the gnarliness of the sport is that these guys can do this shit on a uh, hundred and you know thirty foot jumps or whatever, and that's what's cool about it. And you can't jam that into a building. I think that there's. I brought Brody Wilson and McNarls out to the animals for on the pipe seven. Brody had never seen it, and he's like, "Man, he's like the jump that Pastor crashed on. It's like a hundred and eighty feet." You know, um, Wes Ag flipped it in Black Friday. He's the first to flip that. That's kind of what took what Twitch did to the next level. And Brody's like, dude, he's like, he's like, you make this lip a little steeper and the landing a little steeper. He's like, I feel like I could do all my flip tricks on this Cordova flips, fucking, you know, KOD flips. That's actually where the level of the sport is. The problem is, is that 
Nobody wants to get behind doing an event like that and put the purse up, put the money up. You know, they're just kind of keeping it right here, you know, at, okay, it's going to be X Games, and it's going to be the 75-foot ramp, and, you know, let's have just a double backflip from this trick, or, or you know, and, and it is cool. I think that the, the Nitro Circus guys have progressed the trick movement, along with Pages. And the Rams. The Pages brothers. That's probably yeah, the, the ramps and all that stuff. That's probably the best progression as far as ramp-wise, you know, to make things gnarlier but safer, you know, or at least equally as dangerous at the same time. Yeah, and that and that and that was one hundred percent. I give all the no. They that was their their movement that they pushed forward, and so I totally respect what they did. You know, um, I went a different route and and progressed stuff that was more bigger jumps and and what was possible off bigger jumps. And now I feel like you can do maybe not the double flips and stuff like that, but. All this, all the other tricks that you're seeing in contests, your regular flip tricks, every one of those can be done off 180 to 200 foot jumps if the jump is built right, um, and it's safe. You know, not I mean, maybe safe. not necessarily a gap, but a hill jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what that's where they're going with like uh, quarter pipe trick stuff. I heard is be, versus best trick because um, you know you see like three guys crash off of that and they're okay you see somebody crash at 75 he's probably gonna be taking a ride in a in a sweet truck to the hospital you know yeah exactly so um so yeah i mean uh so that was that's you know i think you guys kind of got you know where where i was at with you know what what my purpose behind the, the on the pipe series was and it was working with mike mcintyre was probably honestly i'd say that was one of my greatest achievements um, that's mac dog and he's one of the best action sports cinema cinematographers in history and so i learned so much working with him and um which helped push me into the commercial world to start shooting commercials and he helped make me a more professional cinematographer um, on, on the corporate level as well as as well as for the films. You know, I felt like every step of the way, every time we put out a movie, I felt like we were, you know, kind of one step above everyone else was with our quality and um, just, you know, just the cinematography and the way that we were shooting stuff. And I, and I feel like that with On the Pipe 7. I don't feel like there is any other movie that's uh, in the motocross world that is out there right now that can compare. I mean, you look at the new On Any Sunday movie, which I actually shot some stuff uh, for Red Bull on, and I'm good friends with Dana Brown, and cinematography level is amazing. But the progression level is just non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't even have free riding in the movie. You know, they, 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 they follow their, you know, racers and, and stuff like that and a little bit of supercross. More, it's mostly like road racing and, and trail riding and stuff like that. So they kind of missed it a little bit on that because you look at the original on any Sunday, they had some free riding in there. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like that On the Pipe 7 is, is a good mix of – honestly, On the Pipe 7 is – a cross between the great outdoors and the on the pipe series, you know? So, um, after on the pipe six, Mike McIntyre and I decided that we weren't going to make any more movies. And so, um, in 2000, 
2013, Wes Agee came to me. You know, I had made that fish and part for him in Black Friday, which kind of put him on the map. Um, and Wes Agee came to me. He's like, he's like, hey, man. He's like, tell me how I can make my name big like Twitch. He's like, I want to I wanna become, you know, this big free rider. He said, you got to have your own movie. You got to start putting out your own content. And he's like, all right, let's do it. You know, I was like, well, I was like, if you can get, you know, Red Bull behind it and they can fund it, I'm down. Let's do it. So we decided to do it. Red Bull said they were going to help out. We go on this road trip. And, uh, you know, we're tossing around names. And I'm like, man, you're so like, you're such a recluse. And you're just like, nobody can ever get a hold of you. Nobody sees you. You only ride with the group once in a while. You don't ride at the pack. You ride on your own. I was like, I was like, all right. I was like, you're the lone wolf. And so I came up with, you know, the lone wolf. That's where it came from? Yeah, that's where it came from. And so we decided to call it the lone wolf project. And then I'm basically self-funding this project, waiting for Red Bull to get on board. Um, I'm in about $40,000 and Red Bull basically then comes back and says, sorry, we're not going to support the project. I'm like, what? And I'm like, man, okay, this is not good. So I said, well, Wes, what do you want to do? He's like, well, he's like, man, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll try to come up with some money and help you out. I didn't, I had hoped. Um, I said, you know, we need, we need something. We need to take the sport to another level than what's been done before. Okay. We built all the huge free ride jumps, made the 200 foot free ride jumps. And, you know, we built these jumps at Travis Katie's place and you're, you know, you're flipping these just ungodly natural terrain jumps, but how can we do something so mainstream that we can get Red Bull involved? We can get a big sponsor involved. And I said, okay. I was like, you know what? I was like, what's, I, I just kind of analyzed West Asia. I said, what is this guy best at as far as riding? Okay. He does big flips. He's also really good on a quarter pipe. I was like, why don't we attempt to try to make something like a mega ramp? But for moto, like a mega moto. And he's like, dude, I love the idea. This is a great concept. I said, yeah, dude. And he's like, well, he's all, I've always wanted to do a 200-foot flip. I'm like, dude, I heard Twitch talk about that so many times. That's what he wanted to do. That's what Potter wanted to do. I'm like, dude, you could be the guy to do this, you know? So um, simultaneously, I was shooting just for to help Matto out. I was shooting on his water bike project when it was, uh, but even before it became pipe dream, I was shooting, uh, on, on his water bike project. And this guy, Matt McCall was there working. He was doing all the ski stuff and just developing the ski and everything with Matto. And I started telling him about our concept. I said, I said, Hey, you know what? We're looking for a spot to do a world record backflip into a world record quarter pipe high air. You know, any place like, man, he's like, I just took over Paula raceway as the, the director over there. And why don't you come on out and see if you can find a spot out there to do this. And so, you know, he kind of showed us the spot. He's like, so yeah, we could do the flip there. And then he, he'd land and he'd horseshoe back. And then right there up against that hill, we could carve that out. You could put the quarter pipe there. I was like, I'm kind of looking to do it more in a straight line. It's like, it's got to be a place we can do a straight line with this, you know? And I said, what's, what's that way in the back over there? He's like, oh, he's like, had some crazy idea to make this giant water park, a big domed out water park. And they took a couple of D10 tractors and they carved out this giant bowl with this raised platform in the middle that was kind of going to be like where the moat was, right? And 
basically that they were going to make this wakeboard park. I'm like, well, are you guys going to do it? Are you going to fill it with water? He said, no. I said, let's go up there and check this place out. So I went over with Wes and looked at it, and I was the one that saw it. And I said, I said, right where that raised platform is, I was like, what if you put, you know, towards the end of this whole long, right down the middle of this thing, what if you put the ramp right there? I was like, and you make the landing. There's kind of, you know, it kind of drops off right there. Make the landing right there. I said, you see how there's the wall right there at the end? I'm like, what if you take an excavator and you carve in there and start clawing out at that wall? In there, and then you blend the hillside in. I was like, could that work? And and Wes is like, well, he's like, that that might work. And 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 Matt goes like, yeah, he's like, that could work actually, you know. And so and I think from, you know, I I I, I found half the jumps out there at Danimal. So I think from my training my eye to seeing this kind of stuff, I was like, I think I was like, man, jumping out amphitheater, this spot. So uh, we got them on board. I pitched him on the concept to be the title sponsor. Um, well, actually, just to be first, just to be the uh, sponsor of, not to be the sponsor. I, I, I said, I pitched Paula to basically do all the dirt work to be a sponsor of the film, and Red Bull was going to buy the ramps. Well, Red Bull ended up dragging their feet, didn't make the ramps happen. And so finally I came back to Matt and said, look, Red Bull's dragging their feet on the ramps. And Matt McCall, if you don't know, he is the world's best ramp designer. He's built every one of Matto's ramps for all his distance jumping, the Arctic Triumph. He's also built all of Renner's quarter pipe ramps. He is the man. So, um, Trick Factory ramps. Trick Factory. I was trying so to think of the name. Yeah, okay. Trick Factory. Yeah, he's the man, dude. Um, very humble, awesome dude. And so I said, I said, look, I was like, what if... Paul Raceway is the there it is. There's the line. What if Paula Raceway is the title sponsor of this movie, The Lone Wolf Project, and you guys build the ramps, do all the dirt work, make the whole line happen. He pitched it to the tribe, I made a little proposal, and sure enough, um it was born. The line the line happened. I documented the whole thing. Um and um yeah, basically the goal was to to do this 200 foot backflip. Um, oh, we got to get into the train jump thing later because that is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, are, is there a time limit on this show? No, no, no we're not even. We're only at an hour. Okay. We we normally at least do an hour and a half. I've normally peed twice by now. Right. So I'm gonna okay. definitely go right now because that's all I got. Okay. We're gonna come back to that shot right there. We got to put that away and come back to that. Um, All right, yeah, we got to come back to that Kyle Sanders because that story is ridiculous. Um, so, all right, so I'm with you. You guys still with me? Yeah, man. Are you getting a beer? Uh, no, I actually, I, I actually don't don't drink much. I'm just kind of looking to see what we got here. I do, I do drink occasionally, but not that much. I don't drink if that I do much drink, either. It's like hard alcohol, you know what I mean? Just Tuesday nights, you know. Right. Well, <laughs> I am a moto guy. I mean, right. you know, you drink on, during the week. All right. So let's come back to this. So we get this thing built, and um, you know, Red Bull didn't come on board, but we're still hopeful that Red Bull at some point. Will come on board. 
So, Wes and I keep filming for the Lone Wolf Project. Um, we go to Maui, we build these ridiculous three, the six-pack or whatever, you know, with three huge dirt doubles in a row. Um, then we do a, we do the first real, real moto. Wes and I were a team on real moto. Did that. Um, and then in that real moto, you know, Wes goes out to Paula Raceway and does the biggest long distance, legit flat level ground backflip ever in history. Uh, we got scored down. I think we got last place in real moto. Um, really? Had the best, we had, you know, like, I, I don't want to say we had the best cinematography. It was really good. But, you know, we had, we definitely had the gnarliest flip, but we got scored down and I was real moto. But me and Wes did some great things together. Um, like Wes and these other guys, McNarls, that we're going to get into, they go out and then, they don't even tell you when they're going to do something gnarly. They don't tell you when they're going to pull back. As a cinematographer, you have to be ready. You just have to be on it. When they want to pull back, you either get it or you don't. Well, all those flips in On the Pipe 7, those are all those natural terrain flips, for the most part, those are one-time flips. They only happen once. And if you don't get it, you're out. Yeah. So. Um, hey, can you I've, flip I've, that I've, big gnarly thing again? Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you go flip that big gnarly thing again for me? <laughs> you don't. You don't, you don't ever say that to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's so crucial about. You got to have somebody who understands, you know, motocross or freestyle filming because you just have to do, have to hit things. And then when you get the in the mood or you, you feel it, you got to do it. And you can't be like, hey, watch this, because that's like that's like saying, hey, I'm gonna do one more lap. Like you're just pushing it to crash. Never, you know what I'm never say one more. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Just so stop. It's like when you feel the earth, you just <laughs> you just do it, and then you just hope somebody filmed it. Clint, have you ever said, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna do this once more and crash"? I guarantee you have, right? Yeah. Oh, I learned. I was nine, and I was uh, snowboarding down the hill in my backyard, and I was like, "I'm just gonna do one more run," and I broke my tib fib. That was it. <laughs> I was like, "I'm never doing this you never again." Said- Never did that again. Exactly. You know, I because I realize what it is. It's like once you go one more, you kind of like relax a little bit. And with this type of shit, you can't do that. You need to be like all in, fully focused. So it's like you better either commit to doing like a handful more or just go back to the truck and smoke a bowl. Oh, all I, I know we're I know we're going to come back to this whole story because it's getting real interesting with the with the history of the distance flip and corner and all that. We're going to come back to that. But yeah, and we had McNarls on here. What did you say? We had McNarls on here like two, three oh, weeks yeah, ago. Oh, yeah. Cool. Did we had him on? I, I, I wish I would have got to see that, man. We talked about on the pipe seven. He was talking about it, and then I, I got it on Vimeo and I watched it. I was like, oh fuck, this is like the guy we had on last week. And then I started uh, Instagram with a muscle buzzed up. I was like, dude, that was fucking awesome. That was huge. I'd he's, say, he's a gnarly human. He lives up to his name. Yeah, for sure. That's how he got his name. Being gnarly. In this sport, if so, if you earn the nickname McNarls, you're doing something. Well, that, we're, 
we're going to get into that. we got to get into that. First, we got to go through the quick little timeline here. But um, Here comes the director out of Jay. Hang on. we got to <laughs> cut back. <laughs> this story yeah. needs continuity, Nick. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, we're, so we left off here. So, um, so Wes goes out. He does this 172-foot flip. Um, we're thinking, okay, all right, I did it. I proved myself thinking that Red Bull is going to come on board and still nothing still didn't come on board. You know, they, they, they brought him on board to, um, or excuse me, Red Bull originally hired him and promised him a world record backflip. That was the whole reason why he went with him. He could have gone with monster monster offered him $150,000. He took less than a third of that to go with Red Bull because they promised him they were going to build his name up like Robbie Madison with wow. all those live ah. New York jumps, but they never pulled the trigger. That's wow, sad. that's painful. There's an interesting fact for you. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, whatever. That's business. Wes owns it in the end of the movie, and you know, talks a little bit about it. So, um, so, anyways, after they didn't come on board. You know, Wes kind of like, there went, there's a period of, this is the part that a lot of people don't know that's not in the movie, is there, basically Wes, Wes like stopped talking to me and stopped talking to all his sponsors. He went dark for like six months. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I was like, dude, we're like mid, it was like, we, it all started like, we were supposed to go to the dunes with Josh Grant and the night before the dunes. Wes is like, eh, you know what? He's like, I'm not even really much of a dude writer. I'm kind of over it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what, dude? I'm like, dude, this is your movie. We're not, it's like, how are you not going to go to the dunes? We got JG. He's like, the king of the dunes. He's like, let's do this, you know? And um, he's like, yeah, you guys go ahead. So I call up Josh, told him what was up. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Get over here. We're going anyway. So like, All right, well, if Josh wants to go to the dunes, you don't say no. So, um, I was like, all right. So, you know, went out there and filmed and, and, and got some ridiculous stuff, like stuff that still has never been done. Like there's one shot in there where Josh was able to find three jumps in a row and link them all together, you know, which you've never seen in the dunes before like this. Right. So you've seen two, but not three. That's what's cool is like, Josh was kind of like, as I'm younger watching McGrath go to the dunes and he's racing and then you see Grant, you know, watching a racer go out and do stuff that you know sponsors be pissed about or something it is uh it's just fun to watch somebody who can ride go out and do that i think makes josh, it more fun i think josh is is the, in my opinion and i've seen all the stuff that emma and mcgrath and all those guys did i think josh is the most progressive sand dude rider in history i know we got a little sidetracked there that's cool Up there got some great footage um west ag went dark for like six months <clears throat> and then um yeah, like basically, finally, West kind of came around, you know. And oh, the tribe, the Indian tribe, Paula started giving me heat. Like, hey, is West going to do this this line? I said, I don't, I don't know, man. I haven't talked to him, you know. And so finally, I talked to West, and West is West went through a mental transformation that writers go through, Clint. You know, when you're at when you're at the peak of your game. And as you're on your way down, you, you know, at some point, 
fear sets in, right? You're like, I don't know if I want to continue to be this gnarly. <laughs> exactly. And I've never even been so close to as gnarly as that, so. Right. Well, I, there's, there hasn't been many humans that have been, you know, so, so you know, um, you know, he's like, I think basically, you know, for him, the risk wasn't worth the reward. He talks about it in the movie. And he wasn't getting the support from his sponsors, um, you know. Uh, and so, you know, at that time he was sponsored by Red Bull, KTM, uh, Metal Militia, and uh, – well, though I think those were his main ones. But, um, you know, you know, nobody nobody was able to put on this big world record backflip. And when I was fi- I finally made all the pieces come together, none of his sponsors wanted to put money into it um, to make it worth the risk for him. So he basically said, you know what? I'll do the quarter pipe, Jay. Uh, I want to finish the movie or whatever. I'll do the quarter pipe, but I'm not going to do the flip. And I said, that's cool, man. It's like, you know, I- I- I've never once been a guy that's like, oh, you have to jump this or you have to flip that. Because once you do that, then all the liabilities on you. So, so, I mean, granted, you know, building the jumps and giving them the opportunity, there's a little bit of liability that, that, you know, falls on me, but, you know, I've never pushed anybody to do anything they don't want to do. Um, and so, uh, at that point, um, you know, Wes, I said, you know, Wes, I was like, I'm just going to turn this move. I was like, you've been gone for six months, man. I was like, I've been filming with other people. Um, I'm going to turn this movie into On the Pipe 7. And it's going to be the last On the Pipe that I ever make. And uh, I'd still love you to be a part of it and show your footage in it. But if you don't want to be a part of it, I'll totally respect that. You know, go our separate ways. And um, Wes said, no, that's cool, man. I'm going to start up a construction business with my dad um, or my <laughs> uncle, excuse me. And, um, and he started AG Glass. And uh, he's like, I'm still going to ride for fun, but I- I'm not going to push it, do big flips or anything anymore. It's like, okay, cool. So so, so we, were, we were both on the same page. He was cool with me, you know, turning the movie into On the Pipe 7. Um, and so then at that point, you know, the tribe still filled like they were owed something. And uh, this guy Howard over there, that was the guy that kind of approved it. He's the uh, vice chairman over there of the Paula tribe. He still wanted to see this line go down because they, they basically put $70,000 into making that world record line. So, you know, on, on a few couple of these trips out in Montana and other places, um, I started filming with McNarley. And, and, you know, I gravitate towards dudes that are doing big, gnarly shit. So I saw what McNarles was doing. I'm like, wow, dude, he's doing flips about as big as what Wes is doing in the hills. Maybe this guy can do the world record backflip. But he didn't know how to do a quarter pipe. I'd never even seen him hit a quarter pipe. And if he did know how to do a quarter pipe, he went to the left. So I was like, I called up McNarles, told him what the deal was, said, hey, you want to come out? I'll give you the opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll pay you to do this line. And I was like, you don't have to do the quarter pipe if you don't want to. And he came out, and uh, sure enough, he stayed at my house for three months. Um, and uh, I had also had, had a lot of great help from some amazing production people, from the dudes at Temp Media, who actually do shoot a lot of the stuff from 
for uh, Dirt Shark and all the uni stuff, and, and they do a lot of the high-end stuff for them. And I was living with um, the owner of Temp Media, uh, Eric, and he owned a shot over. It's a half-million-dollar gyro stabilized mount that goes under the nose of a helicopter. And, and so between my red cameras and his red cameras and stuff, they helped me film a lot of world record line. And then my other buddy, Dave Brockless, has two GSS half-million-dollar gimbals that go on helicopters. I was friends with the Ultimate Arm guys who had the big camera cars with cranes, and I was shooting commercials with them and all that stuff. So I basically pulled together all of my commercial resources, people that I work with on commercials, people that hire me, and I said, look, Tent Media, Nathan, and I do aerials, Ultimate Arm. I'll give you guys a free logo in the movie if you bring your equipment out to the world record line. Let's let's make this like something that Red Bull would do. Let's make this thing like, you know, let's put a lot of production into this and into the movie and into the record line and make this thing the art of the flight for Mono. And, uh, and, I, and I feel we achieved that. And so... Uh, McDonald stayed at my house. He learned how to do the quarter pipe in a period of about three months. Um, and he ended up doing a, a 212-foot distance backflip into a, a world record uh, high, 38-foot high quarter pipe air, um, which Renner apparently disputes that that is a record. Um, I looked the... I, I looked the record up online, uh, and the Guinness says the record is 35 feet. Um, Matt McCall also made that ramp, and uh, Renner's ramp, and did all the the specs and everything for that and everything. And so he told me that it was also um, 35 feet. So I was going off of what Guinness and what Matt McCall told me. Um, you know, and so that's why, so Renner says, I went 42 feet, or I went this, so, you know, I, I don't know, I, I from the, the, the math that I've done, it looks like Renner went somewhere between 35 and 38 feet, but, you know, that's why I put the big emphasis on the film of the 212 foot distance flip, because there isn't a motherfucker out there that's going to be able to fucking talk shit about that, or touch that for a very long time, unless it's McNarls. So, um, I got a lot of respect for McNarls, um, because, you know, he's just another dude like Vinny Carbone that's working a normal nine to five job and came out there and put his life on the line, um, to try to do something. Um, and dude, he pulled it off, man. I mean, guy's got a, a, so much bike skill and free riding and, and distance flipping and, you know, it's, uh. It's just crazy to see where the sport is at now. 212-foot distance flip. Um, you know, I remember when I had filmed Ryan Cates jump 253 feet. And, you know, now McDonald's is talking about, you know, he wants to, to – that he did that 212-foot flip in fourth gear. Now he's talking about – I'm sure he said on your show that he wants to get into fifth gear, pull the ramp back, and, you know, do a 250-foot flip. He did Maybe bigger. It's Damn like, it. what the fuck? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's gnarly. For sure. Yeah. So that's, 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 that, I mean, that, I couldn't have scripted that story of Wes retiring and bringing in McNarls to do that. I couldn't have, I couldn't have wrote that, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I did write the script for the film, but that's how it actually went down. And, uh, 
I feel we, you know, when you think about the fact that, like, I had no big, other than Paula Raceway making that line for me, they were my biggest sponsor. They were the title sponsor. They believed in me from the beginning, before anybody else. They were the biggest sponsor to them in Trick Factory, Matt. But besides them, there's no energy drink involved in this film. There's no support. How did you do it? How, how do you, I thought the moto industry couldn't survive without energy drinks. Dude, no, I self-financed that movie. All the, you know what paid for that? Paid for all the music rights. Paid for everything on this whole film. The editors, the graphic designers, and the, um, you know, just all the filming and the interviews. I mean, you know, I had to pay Matt Hoffman, Mike Metzger. I had to pay all, every one of those dudes is 500 bucks, you know, and and the editing, I had to pay fifteen grand. I mean, dude, this, uh, there's a hundred and you know forty thousand plus self financed myself into this movie. And you know how I self financed it from all my freelance commercial work. Wow! Uh, every time I got a job, it just went right into that. It just went right into that. Right into that. <coughs> oh, another check boom, goes into this. Another check goes into this. Goes into this. I did at the end. At the end, after the movie was pretty much all the way, it actually it was done. The movie was done at at the very tail end of the editing. Skivvy came on board for five grand. Metal Militia came on board for five grand. Um, and Brass Knuckles, uh, my new uh, weed pen sponsor, they came on board for five grand. That's the only paying sponsors on this film. I got fifteen thousand dollars in sponsorship money, five grand each from three different sponsors. The rest of it was all sponsored. By Jay Schweitzer. <laughs> well, that's why you're so passionate about it, because you fucking put everything into it. Not only made it, but when you put something into it, then you, you, uh, as my dad would say, speak with conviction. Well, exactly. Yeah. And it's, if nobody else is going to get behind it and do it. You got, if you want something done and you really want to see it, it's like the ride of the hill. Nobody was going to get behind it. That dude at Transworld laughed at me. Mark Fiore, Dude, you know, he's not a visionary. He's the kind of guy that's like, oh, this is, this is what's happening. This is what's cool and happening right now. So we have to only do that. He doesn't look ahead. You know, I was on the chess team in junior high. I'm a chess player, dude. I look way far ahead. And he, that's just not him. So, uh, but <laughs> That's how you're able to, like, tell these stories. Like, you were telling a story, and then you're like, all right, let's go back after Digressing for 10 minutes. I'm yeah. Like, I don't remember what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah, exactly. For well, somebody I, with I a weed pen sponsor, he's doing good. Yeah, but I, I I, wanted to be on top. This is my first podcast I've ever done for anybody. So I appreciate you guys having me on the show. That's awesome. Um, but oh, I knew before I did this interview that there's no way in hell I could get stoned. It's not doable. So, ah! Not what we were counting on, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, you're, getting all the good, you're getting all the good shit. <laughs> no, are, that's for sure. So, um, but we have to one story. We have to talk about the movie that I feel is just as important and could be possibly one of the funniest stories of the whole thing is the legendary Simi Valley train jump. Yeah. So, so go back a little bit. Go back. Go back. It's not that easy to. to... Yeah. Oh, on YouTube. I should, you know what? I should send you the link to to the train jump, but it's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, so right there, you're looking at Kyle Katz Sanders. Um, so I 
was pretty much done with the movie, and I saw this this you know this internet sensation video of this dude jumping over the 60 freeway, in Beaumont, California. I'm like, who is this guy? Turned out to be this guy, Kyle Ketsandris. So, um, you know, I, 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 I direct messaged him, and I'm like, oh well, man, that was sick, dude. I was like, I was like, are you gonna do anything else like that? I might be able to squeeze you in this movie, you know. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, no, he's like, that thing's kind of a bust out there, dude. And the cops are looking for me now, and I was like, oh, all good. And he's like, so, but I'll send you the footage, man. He's like, it would be an honor to be in the on the pipe movie. He's like, dude, it'd be an honor to have you in this film, man. You're doing crazy shit. Um, so, um, if you go back more to the beginning, there is a shot of not that far, but keep going, keep going. You'll see Colby Raha right there. Next clip. Okay, so, yep, right here. Boom. Okay, pause that. So, um, yeah, so basically, you know, I was like, well, I was like, send me the footage. He sends me the footage of the Beaumont 6 crew. I'm like, eh, it's not that good. You know, I was like, the filmers, did, you know, it's not the best shot. So I don't know if, if, it, if, if it can make if it can make the on the pipe seven movie, you know, I have a very high level of, of quality expectations unless I'm using archival footage, such as the Pajes brothers, you know, I show some archival footage and whatnot. But, um, so he calls me up like three weeks later, two weeks later, I believe. And he's like, he's like, all right. He's like, check it out. What if I go back and do the Simi Valley train job? And I was like, man, that'd be sick, dude. I was like, I found Scummy do that and on the pipe one. It's a pretty gnarly jump, man. Are you sure you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, he's like, let's do it. So I show up there. And uh, sure enough, he's getting ready to go for it. On the first approach, he washes out and eats shit. Just crossing the road. All right? Ah, oh, I remember so, that. Yes, here it is. Yes. Okay. So he eats shit, just crossing the road. And then... uh. And then that, that didn't stop him. That didn't deter him. And so then he goes for it. And when he comes off the lip, he gets he gets bucked because he put this extra little knuckle at the top and it bucked him. And, uh, you know, he ends up going into a full, um, you know, concussion like, like coma. Um, you know, the ambulance show up. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's bleeding out of his brain, basically. It was, it was one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. You were you were there for this? It kind of brought it brought me back to the Dan Pastor crash. Honestly, I was like, "Fuck, dude, this is this is not where I want to be. This is not what I wanted for this guy." I believe that's yeah. called an aneurysm. Um, Once your bl- an aneurysm, brain yeah, bleeds, I guess a, a brain aneurysm. Correct. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal, right? So, Walk uh, it off. So now I'm now I'm sitting there just thinking like what the fuck dude cops are here all this I had luckily <clears throat> before the cops showed up I ran down put my camera equipment away in the car and then um here, you know should I should I send you want me to send you the link real quick or no sure yeah send it to me I'll just text Let me it see over if to I Nick can send this to you guys real quick here I mean I can pull uh, it up on Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah, no, I got, I got, I got, I got a Vimeo link of the whole edit here. I'm gonna of just the train jump. I'm gonna send to you. All right. So let's see here. There's a private link. 
You're getting the hot shit. Send me an email right now to MotoJ at gmail.com. I'll send it to you right now. MotoJ, M-O-T-O-J-A-Y at gmail.com. You're going to get like at least four emails out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I did just get my email out. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) There's not that many people watch this. I wouldn't worry about it. All right. I'm waiting for your email. Send me an email. Are you sending one, Nick? Send this, yes. Who's sending me huh? one? Are you sending one or you want me to send it? I'll send it to you. Oh, hang on. I got like fucking a couple pages open here. Do, so, uh, what's yours? He already told you. Yeah, motoj at gmail.com. M-O-T-O-J-A-Y at gmail.com. So, I get out there, um, let's see, where am I? Okay, in the story, yeah. So, basically, I put my camera, put away i go up there he's bleeding out of the brain um now this is i'm just like this is colby or kyle no this is kyle we haven't got to colby okay this is is exactly so um i'm just like dude i'm kind of freaking out like what the fuck i didn't even know i didn't i i kind of thought the guy might have died that's how gnarly that crash was how long was was he out legitimately i was he was he was he was out the entire time. Like five minutes, From ten minutes? Yeah, no, he was out until he got, he was out. Wow. Like, out, out. Then they, yeah, then they put him into an induced coma. Like, he was out for probably two days. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, that's why we, we didn't even know if he was going to, never got your email. We, we didn't even know. It's not like we sent it. What's your, what's, what's your email? Oh, no, J, gmail.com? J-A-Y. What's your email, Clint? Two wheel. Let me. I'll send you one right now. Oh, I got noise. Two wheels, two freedom so at Gmail. We didn't know if he was gonna come around. Um, we didn't know if he was gonna come out of it. So I wasn't sure. I just. I just. I just wasn't sure if, like, you know, he was gonna come out of this. So I didn't think anyone was ever gonna see this Kyle Cassander's footage. So, um. You know, he finally comes out of it, and he calls me and says, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like you to still release that footage. Um, Meanwhile, um, the cops come into his hospital room, and the cops come into, the cops come into his hospital room, and they're like, they're like, are you the one that did the 60 Beaumont freeway? And they're asking him about this. And, uh. And Kyle goes, he's like, officer, I, I, I just, I just came out of a coma and I just learned my name's Kyle. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Pretty, pretty funny on his part. You know what I mean? But hold on a second. I got, Hey, is it okay to take a leak while I'm doing this or no? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All, right. All right. So anyway, I'm going to, I got to, I got to, otherwise I'm going to have to put you guys on hold. I don't want to do that. So. Anyways, for a second I thought you were sitting. I was like, no fucking way he's sitting to piss. <laughs> Jay Schweitzer no, sits to pay. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I just, I play, I was trying to find this fucking link. You can't ham, hang oh, that Scott, hammer yeah. in the water, Jay. What'd you say, sir? I couldn't hear it with my pee. What? I said, you can't sit down and hang that hammer in the water, you know? Exactly, dude. Exactly. The Hebrew hammer? <laughs> the Hebrew hammer? Oh, how do you know about the Hebrew hammer? Heard things. 
All the way that's in a fucking, Illinois. That's a movie. <laughs> They know uh, about I, it I, all the way in Illinois. Uh, actually, actually, Danger Jew was a, a superhero that my brother came up with. Uh, that he basically, Danger Jew is a um, superhero that protects like little old ladies, and he has like a matzo ball rocket launcher, and he takes people out with his <laughs> matzo ball rocket launcher. My friend in high school used sense. to call himself Jubaka. Oh, Jubaka. All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I, I, I have a friend, um, Dave, that's uh, half Mexican and half uh, Jewish, and he calls himself a Jucano. Jucano. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, oh, here you are. Two wheels. All right. Here we go. Just got your email. All right. So, let's see. All right. So, now you'll have that whole thing right there. All right. Set. All right, so, so yeah, the cops come in there. They ask if he's the one that jumped over the 60 freeway. They weren't that concerned about the train jump, but they were concerned about the 60 freeway. And he just basically denied it. Um, and, you know, it said that someone had hacked into his uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah, into his Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I texted it to you, Nick. Should I email it? Uh, sure. I'm not even sure I know your email. So, so at that point, so they were so worried about him breaking the law the first time that they didn't care about the crabs that he was in there for. Well, the the thing is that jumping over a highway over moving vehicles is you're putting other people at risk. Now you could be putting people at risk jumping over a train, but Kyle, before he jumped, he asked me, he's like, "Dude, should I wait for the train or should I just get one out of the way?" I said, "Oh." I don't know, man. I was like, whatever you feel like doing, dude. You know? Again, not pushing people to do stuff. So he decides to just go for it before the train gets there, and he eats shit. And so we don't even get the train in the shot. Um, so because he didn't jump over a moving train, um, you know, they didn't think it was as much of a liability and as illegal, apparently. That's what the cops thought. So anyway, so now um, – I decided at that point that I was going to contact Mike Russell, who was the first person to document Tracy Montrone doing – He Tracy Montrone was the first guy to jump over that gap in 1997 in a movie called LBZ Rechromed. Now, that's the guy that also jumped over that walkway at the mall, right, and missed the landing? Yes. Yes. No uh, way. Tracy – Tracy Monterone is was he's rest in peace dead now. Um, he was a gnarly jumper. Dude. He's kind of like honestly, dude. He's kind of like a sink horse. Um, he jumped big shit, and he had a lot of bike skill. He raced, um, and so you know he's actually the only one that has made it all the way over the entire train jump to the downside. Tracy went bigger than everybody. Still. Colby, still. Yes. On a what? On a 96? Like, what did he jump it on? It was, a cro- it was that chromed out motorbike. Yeah, but I mean, what you, What year was that? Probably like a 90-something CR 250 or some shit like that? Two-stroke? Um, it was... I forget. It says in the movie what it was, you know? But, but yeah, it was, it, 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 it was, it was a dinosaur. Nick so, says he needs so, a password. Uh, 
Text it to me. Oh, it's 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 on there. See right below? Train? What, what, what am I listening it's, to? It's in the email. Just type in train. Oh. Oh. It's, oh. <laughs> well, we're like the third string. Yeah, you sent that to me, and then I just forwarded him the link. I didn't forward him the Okay, no problem. So anyways, um, so a couple months go by, and I decided that I was going to do a... we started our second film. It was called Rechromed. It was a exactly sequel to the movie Chrome. While we were filming, we got a phone call about a location that we needed to see. The description was crazy. It was about jumping a train. Well, so that's 1997 right there. Well, when I throws up, I can't see the, the video. Finding somebody with the balls big enough to hit this thing. We called up a guy named Tracy Monteron. There he is. DJ's the legend. They looked at it, and DJ was sketched out a little bit. And Tracy said, I'm doing this. Right at that time, on a motorcycle. Tracy, as soon as he saw it, he said, I want to jump that bike. And he knew he could do it, and he did. Look how big he goes here. Look where he lands. Shortly after Tracy landed. Boom. DJ Sweeney would claim the gap next. All right. Made it look easy. Pause, pause it here. In 2004, pause it here. Colin Morrison solidified his legacy yeah. by showcasing the Jordan jump to the next generation. There's a jump right by my house. I'm going to go hard, ah. shoveled it for a little bit, and just sent it. You're fucking up his timeline, nice. Nick. Sorry, director. I'm on <laughs> it. It's fine. So you saw, you got, you guys got to see Tracy Monroe. Rest in peace, the, the first guy to do that jump, you know. Um, and so I, I didn't film that first jump, but this one was scummy in 2004, which is not the pipe one. I did film this one. Um, and, uh, you know, so a lot of, a lot of people be- used to believe that scummy was the first one to hit that train jump, but he was not. Tracy Montrone was. And then DJ Sweeney second, and then Colin Morrison third. So that is the actual true historical timeline of this. Yeah, I didn't know. I always thought it was Colin first. But yep. Just like everybody else. Because up until <laughs> recently, up until I started telling Colin, dude, Colin, if you don't start giving Tracy Monroe props, I'm going to let everybody know, dude, that you are not the first person to hit that thing, dude. So, and, and which I did in the story. Um, so I did see that showcasing the acclaimed train jump to the next generation. There's a jump right by my house. I'm gonna go for it. Shoveled it for a little bit and just sent it. I think fifth gear, mid throttle. I knew what I was doing. I landed perfect. Did it three times. In 2017, an unknown freerider's reputation began to swell throughout the community with his underground stunts. Kyle Katzandris broadcast worldwide for jumping over the 63 way in Beaumont, California, wanting to capitalize on his recent notoriety. Are you ready to watch this? Like you were describing it? Are you, t- you talking to me? Yeah, where you fucking, uh, no build up to the spin out here. Right, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead, put it on. Kyle arrived to conquer his hero's achievements. Unfortunately, things didn't go as planned. Ah. Kyle slid out of the approach. But that didn't deter him from attempting the legendary gap. Kyle started his bike and began clicking through gears on his 450. Oh. Jesus. How scary is that, Nick? How long did he have to think about that? A day or two? I mean, in the air. 
the crash. That's what I'm saying. A day or two. Yeah, like, yeah. There was so much time. When you're in the air, it's just like... When Kyle regained consciousness. Okay, pause it here. Pause it here. Pause it here. Because we got, uh, we, I haven't got to the Col- the Colby part, and then I'll let you play the rest. Ah. Uh, so right, when so. he spun out, did he just start from the road right there? Yeah. Uh, no, he came down the sidewalk actually. Um, oh, okay. So back in the day, when dudes like were on two fifty two strokes, they There's couldn't no get fans. enough speed to come down the road and turn. So there's a gate right there. They'd have to make sure the gate was open from this water district and come through the gate to get a straight shot at it. Okay? But now, with dudes on 450s, they can come down the road and turn into it. They didn't have to have the gate open. I think I would open the gate. Okay. I think I would open the gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hindsight. Right, right. So, so um, okay. So now, you know, he's in the hospital. He's talking about it all. He came out of the coma. Um, and so I went to Mike Russell. I got the stock footage from, you know, the original um, LBZ Rechrome. And I decided that for On the Pipe 7, I'm going to do this historical piece on the first dudes that have, you know, or basically everybody that's done this train jump. And so I, I was working on – I had just scheduled – the box cover shoot with McNarls out at um, Jeremy Carter's ranch. And so I, uh, you know, that's the one that I invited um, Axel Hodges to uh, where he sent me a dick pic. He dick picked you. Basically rock star. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that, that shoot. In case, in case people are just jumping in. In case there's the a discrepancy. <laughs> you got dick picked on Rod and Jeremy so, Carter's um, place, which looks yeah. sick. I'm going to run into so, the bathroom now. Anyway, so, um, yeah. so uh, you know, I'm up there, and I invited Colby Raha. Now, Colby, I invited Colby up to the shoot. Now, remember, this is before Col- This is before X Games last year. Nobody except, you know, in the industry, some people knew who Colby was, but a lot of people did not. But I saw Colby, and, you know, I know talent when I see it. And I, I saw him out in the hills, and he throwing these huge whips. I'm like, who is this dude? And it's funny because when I saw him throw these huge whips to the right, actually at that point when Wes didn't want to do the quarter pipe and I was trying to figure out who could do this quarter pipe, I'm like, you know what? I was like, Colby could probably do this quarter pipe. And this was like, dude, months before Nitro quarter pipe, months before X Games, any of that stuff. Um, and so, so how long how long ago are you saying this is? This is like a year ago? This is – yeah. I'm trying to put it no, no, no. This is. This would be. Let me think about this here. So, no, this would be probably this. I want to say like. I want to say maybe early May. Okay. Okay. So like like April or May. It was only it was a couple months before X Games and and before um before Nitro set up that corner pipe and all that. So, um, I was like, yeah, Colby, I was like, this kid could do it, you know? Luckily, McDonald's ended up learning how to do it. But I, I was like, you know what? I was like, I invited McDonald's out to get the box cover shot of that massive step up. And so I also invited Colby out to, 
hit these huge jumps. And then we ended up getting a helicopter and it ended up being a pretty cool shoot. While we were up there, I showed Colby a rough cut of on the pipe seven and it had my historical train jump section ending with Kyle and Colby goes, I'm going to go back and I'm going to hit that. I'm like, you are not dude. I'm like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm serious, dude. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, dude, he's like, well, he's like, I'm telling you now, I'm going back to hit. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Let me know when it happens. And Colby goes back out there and has one dude filming on an iPhone and he sends it over an actual train. And I see it on the internet and I'm like, I call him up. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, you know, I'm doing this historical section on, uh, on this whole train jump. And now you just go and do it. He's like, well, let's go back. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's go back. I mean, it's only, it's only 20 minutes from my parents' house here. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we go out there and this time I was a little bit more, I don't know. I don't I guess I wasn't really paying attention. And I always thought in the back of my head that cops could come and shut this down. And if they did, I would want to be shooting behind like this bush so that they don't see me. Well, that's what I was doing for Kyle. I get behind this bush. I was still able to get the jump, but I got lazy when it, when it came to Colby's jump. I didn't hide behind the bush out in the open, and sure enough, we're waiting for the the train to come. I see the train on its way. I yelled at him, like, train, you know? And um, Colby fires up his bike, and right before the train gets there, like a minute, maybe a minute, minute after the train gets there, Two cops are coming coming from different directions, coming at him, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I got nervous and, like, kind of ducked down behind my camera, didn't even shoot it. Was I'm like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do? Well, luckily, my drone guy got the shot. Um, he's, he got, my drone guy got the only shot of the cops trying to block him. Colby goes around him. And sends it right in front of the cops after they try to block it. So, so who got the video of him going past the cop cars? The story of what he could... My drone guy. That's a drone shot. That was from the drone? Wait, so did he escape the cops by jumping over the freeway? Was he then... Or the train? Was he then on the other side and they couldn't get to him? Mm-hmm. So... That's the coolest story I've ever heard. Yeah, what, <laughs> I think that's cool. Wait till you hear the next part. That's like only half of the cool part. So after um, he gets to the other side, now the cops can't get to him because you can't drive in across the tracks. So he bolts out. Colby was at least smart. Then he parked his truck like a mile away. And he, he, he boned out. Okay, so now I've got... My two filmers, I have a drone guy and another guy. He's kind of on the takeoff. So there's a total of three of us that were filming this. Those, my other two filmers, they hiked out to the 118 freeway. They're gone. Now, I'm in plain sight on With the a big camera? bridge as the takeoff lift. <laughs> and the cops had, if you watch the video, and you'll see it when we play it in a second, they had kind of tried to circle around him to stop him. But now the cop, one of the cops gets out of the car. And he, and he goes, he's like, camera guy on the hill. And I'm just like, 
didn't know what to do. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know? And so then, uh, luckily, the other cop said, he's like, no, he's like, let's go after the rider. Both of them bone out. They go after Colby, try to catch him. Colby's long gone. At that point, I knew that I had very minimal amount of time to get away. <laughs> so I've got a big tripod, a big red camera, a big lens. What do I do? I collapse, I collapse it down like the tripod, make it smaller. I pick this heavy thing up, you know, as quick as I could. I jog, jog down the hill across the street. I take the camera off the tripod. I find this huge bush. I take the camera, the tripod, stash it under this bush, cover it all up with a bunch of leaves and bushes and branches and all this stuff. I cover it all up. I take off my hat, my shirt, my shoes, my glasses, not my shoes, excuse me. Take off my hat, my glasses, um, my shirt, and I transform into Jogger J. Okay. <laughs> Transform into Jogger J. So this so camera then, that you put um, leaves all over is like a sixty thousand dollar camera. You're like, fuck it, I need to get away from the cops. Like a hundred, probably like, probably like a hundred. Nice. <laughs> like hundred. It was a, it was a huge risk, dude, to just stash it there. Yeah. And leave it there, and transform into this guy pretending to be Jogger J, a jogger. <laughs> Like, it's a, it's just one of those things that, like, you think of on the fly, you're like, this is it. This is my only chance to escape. So, so basically, at that point, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to fucking jog towards my fucking truck. And, and hopefully the fucking cops, you know, are, are gone looking for Colby. So I start jogging, like, getting this fucking jog. Like, and sure enough, I go up about 200, 300 yards, and then the cops are pulled at this inlet looking for him. There's like one little spot you can go in towards the tracks. Like vehicles kind of going towards the tracks and they're looking for them. Like, oh, fuck. I got to go by these guys to get to where, because I had parked a little bit a ways down there just in case something like this happened. So I'm like, fuck. I'm jogging right past the cops. I'm like, do I look at him? Do I not look at him? You know? And have you ever been like stopped at like a traffic light and like, you know, you're just kind of just like waiting. And you're like, you know what? I feel like someone next, the car next to me is like looking at me. You know what I mean? That feeling that you get? So yeah. <laughs> I felt like the cop was looking at me. So I'm like, all right. I was like, I just got to I was like, I'm, I'm going to fucking look at him. You know? So I look over at him and I'm like, well, what's going on over there? And he's looking right at me. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, you know, mind your own business. We're looking for a suspect. I'm like, all right. <laughs> right past the cop. <laughs> jog right in about another 300 yards get to my truck hop in my truck call my boys at I'm, I'm, I'm like jail where are you at he's like so we're by the 118 freeway I'm like what he's like yeah we hiked out here I'm like drop me a pin I'll pick you up drop me a pin picked him up they got in they came back around not to right where the jump was and now I see the cops the cops are back where I was looking for me where I was filming the jump and they're looking for me now we're staking out the cops all right, waiting for those guys to leave. <laughs> we wait Waiting for like 25 minutes. Right? It's like 25 minutes. They finally leave. All right, and then I told my buddy J.O., I'm like, I'm like, all right, you're driving. And I was like, I told my other buddy Darren, move over. All my camera shit's going right here. I had a diploma. I was like, I'm going to put it all right here in the bed. They pull up next to the bush, grab my camera, grab my ty- tripod, throw it in the back, drove off, everybody gets away. Boom, end of story. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome how did you not like have a, a GoPro on the whole time 
If I would have had a GoPro on for Jogger J, it's one of the most legendary things I've ever done. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Well, let's see the rest That's of the video then. Yeah, put the rest on. <clears throat> After this is uh, pre Jogger J. I came in super hot. I was already in third gear. Clicked fourth gear, held it wide open, and the lip seemed pretty good except for the top. Oh! I was thinking, wow, you just got hammered a little bit. Yeah. I see it right there. You can't peek up the last right in the middle of five the feet of a jump. The bar pad oh! My face. <laughs> the next snap is so nice. Kyle was back on the motorcycle four months later. But with all the media attention from his crash, it seemed oh. as if the train jump had seen its last attempt. Until one month later, a promising up-and-coming free rider wanted to make his own mark among his idols. As a tribute to the late Tracy Monterone, Colby Raha painted his bike all chrome as he prepared to fulfill the Simi Valley train jump legacy. At 22 years of age, Raha shocked the industry with his massive quarter pipe airs, natural train flips, technical wall rides, and upside down whips. Anticipating the arrival of the train, Raha and cinematographers awaited patiently. However, due to the recent attempt by Kyle Katsandras, authorities would seek to stop any future attempts. Within moments of the train's arrival, police attempted to block Raha. With an arrest imminent, Raha was faced with the decision of going to jail or going for glory. He had to jump it. I had a clean shot at it, so I just went for it. Hit. We could have got arrested. He had to jump it, or he was going to get arrested. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jail or coma. Now I was on the other side of the tracks, and they couldn't really catch me. I just boned out. Boned out. But I like to do a party. Tracy Monroe was the first guy to hit it. He recently died, and then I'm hitting the jump. He first hit, and uh, that was just like paying homage to him. Daredevils such as these. Now, if you look at this next shot, you can see me on the ridge down the right. The little black receiving dot. a paycheck. That's yeah, that's me. Yep. Well, by down so, by that so bush so there. Jog down that hill the right there. <laughs> Stash under the bush. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's a pretty good one, huh? That was awesome, dude. That with the story, that was uh, that was a highlight. Yeah. Right. Not not a lot of police escapes probably on your TV show. I'm sure, right? No. Um, other than escapes. Scranny. He's the only Scranny? one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen him on uh, like Instagram or whatever? He's the one that did like ride, stands on the on his seat on a dirt bike, and somebody throws a football and he catches it behind his back as he's riding down the road. Oh yeah. Okay. Granny's pretty funny. Yeah. I think he was drinking when he did that. Most likely. Most likely. I think it was a combo. Like, he <laughs> caught it, like, one-handed. Yep. So, yeah, anyways, that, I mean, I think we pretty much covered a lot of the the highlights, you know, of the, of the movie. And, uh, we, you know, we didn't really talk much about the Pajes brothers a little bit, but those guys are a big highlight, too. And, you know, I've, I've <clears throat> been good friends with uh, Charles and Tom for a long time before they were the sensations that they were, have become. And, and, you know, it's, it's great to watch Tom take the sport in another level, you know, in a completely different direction. And he's been, 
you know, about four or five years ahead of everyone else. And so, um, you know, it was cool to, to have that in the, in the film. And um, uh, it was really great to have Troy and Midas on board with this to help me write the script and to, you know, basically do something that no one's done in, in a motorcycle film, really. Um, like I said, it's a cross between the great outdoors and, and uh, traditional on the pipe movie. And uh, uh, all the films that I've done over the last two decades, I feel like, you know, this one I'm probably the most proud of. You know, I really like On the Pipe 1 for what it was, and, and On the Pipe 4 was cool, with obviously with Carmichael's retirement and all that. But as far as on a production level, um, number seven blows them all away. <clears throat> and as far as um, on a progressive writing level, seven blows them all away too. So I feel at this time when I look back at all the films, I, I'm, I'm actually, it's very, it's very hard, like, as, as an artist to really be satisfied with your work, you know? Yeah. Um, and this, this is the first time I've been pretty darn close to 100% satisfied on, on any of my projects, so. I can tell you this, I did a, um, like, a survey about, which I guess we can just put this out there, a, a survey, I called it the FMX Instagrammies, just like um, we're not even doing awards or anything, but we had best moto mo movie, and on the pipe crushed everybody else. The really, yeah. There's only like on a, the pipe one. No, no, no. Well, seven. Sorry. As far as movies this year, um, between versus Moto Nine and um, uh, Chasing the Storm Two, uh, as far as fan votes everybody's voting on the pipe versus, you know, the other ones have gotten a couple here and there, but uh, overall on the pipe seven has just crushed everybody. Fuck. Dude, you gotta send me those stats. I gotta post that shit. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we had thousands of people vote here. Let's not get too excited. No, but, but, but that's, uh, <laughs> we got serious. Like if, as far as like through fans go, I'd say our, our, uh, Following group is pretty uh, hardcore. Yeah, you know? for sure. Look, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, hardcore filmmaker. I'm not going to just go out and do some cookie-cutter fucking movie. Like, oh, I'm going to go out and just film tracks and film the same old shit. Like, other people can do that. I don't care about doing that, man. That's not why I got into this game. I got into this game, as I said, from the very beginning, on the pipe series, all the way from, even from Motor Triple X. It's always been about progression for me. Um, and this, and then the second most important thing has been about quality. I stand by that, you know, and so those things are the, and then now to implement a, a really cool storyline in there with the help of Troy, um, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm really proud of this and I've never really been much of a social media poster. You know what I mean? You got, you know, all these other guys, I, I don't know their, their names. What's the, what's, uh. Axel's filmer's name that, you know, has all the followers and stuff. I forget what his name is. But, dirt Shark? Um, no, shark. not Dirt Shark. Oh, he's uh, got somebody else that films him? The Ginger Dolphin? Uh, is that his filmer? Oh, the Ginger Dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> ginger Dolphin. Let's not even get started on the Ginger Dolphin. That guy's hilarious. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. We but, may have to have him on you here. You know, I've never, I've never been much about social media posting and all that, but I have to give a, a shout out and a thanks to one of my good buddies who's really helped me a lot. And that is Moto Pimp. Because Moto Pimp is, dude, 
He, he, you know what? You know what I like best about Moto Pimp? He just keeps it fucking real, dude. There's no fucking bullshit with Moto Pimp. He tells it the way it is, and he, dude, he's had my back, dude. Because he, he's, he's from he's New Jersey. We don't know how what to sugarcoat it? stuff from New Jersey. Dude, I just, I just love Moto Pimp, dude. He's such a cool fucking dude, man. I can't well, say enough good things about Moto Pimp. There you oh, go. Yeah, he's no, one no. of our most, like, our biggest fans as far as. I wouldn't even say that, but he watches the show probably. We have one or a, a couple other guys that are like watch it pretty much every Tuesday, and I would say he's one of them. So the people that are voting on our stuff uh, are guys like that that know, you know, that have followed it for uh, you know a long time and actually care. Two of our most like uh, fluid, enjoyable. Longest podcast, Moto Pimp, and now Jay. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm in. I'm in there. And one of your longest? Sick. Sure. Yeah, we're getting in there. We're a little over two hours, so. You know, I, I hope someday to, to achieve the legendary status of Moto Pimp someday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the biggest dude. cult following of uh, freestyle. Dude, Moto Pimp is like friends with everybody, dude. He's got Mato, Renner, fucking, you name it, dude. He, he's Pastrana. Like, dude, everybody knows Moto Pimp. I mean, some people know Jay Schweitzer, but everybody knows Moto Pimp. Okay? That's so, <laughs> true. Yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been an honor to have him involved in helping me with social media posting, and he's kind of been guiding me on the right ways to do things. And he even called me before the show and kind of gave me a couple little inside things of what not to say and what not to do. So, so it's cool. We don't have any rules. I don't know what he's talking about. You can do whatever you want. Well, no, he, he, he's looking out for my best interest. Oh, okay. He knows. Moto Pimp. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, like, come on, dude. Moto Pimp. If I was going to make another series like on the pipe, I would call it Moto Pimp. Uh-oh. Don't tell him that because he'll be. <laughs> Next year, Moto Pimp 1 is coming out. Just an online-based okay, so uh, movie series, video series. I got, I got one more, one more little story I'll tell you before I li- leave, which is now that you've kind of brought up to current everything, you know, this the On the Pipe Seven was my last On the Pipe movie. Um, Next year, two thousand eighteen Moto Pimp. I'm sorry. I said two thousand eighteen will be Moto Pimp. Well. On the Pipe 7 is my last On the Pipe movie, and it's kind of my last free ride, FMX, whatever you want to call it, type of movie. I, I, I'm not going to be doing them anymore. Um, it's just, I could, like I said, like I said before, I could go out and do a cookie cutter type of movie, go out and film dudes on a track and all that, but when you've already filmed the gnarliest and pushed the, the, the level of the sport so far beyond, that stuff is just... It's just boring, you know, and, and I want my reputation, kind of like Carmichael. Carmichael went out, he went out on top. Villapoto went out, he went out on top. And that's how I want, you know, the On the Pipe series. I want it to go out where people are like, fuck, dude, On the Pipe 7 so gnarly. How can they even outdo that, dude? Well, you know what? Let somebody else go out and try to make a better film than On the Pipe 7. Better production quality, gnarlier film. Like, you know, I know action figures, whatever is coming out, um, too, and 
I know there's going to be some gnarly stunts and stuff like that. Your cinematography is um, not the same thing. It's not the same it's formula. Not gonna, it's not. It's it's a completely different type of film. So, you know, I'm trying to make a real film. So that's kind of the difference between their film. I respect all the progression level and the crazy shit that Travis and his friends do. I totally do 100%. But I'm making a completely different film. So, and I don't really feel like there's a film out there that you can kind of, you can't compare Moto 9 to, to, to on, on the Pipe 7. You can't. It's a different film. They're shooting a lot of dudes kind of, you know, doing circles around a track and stuff. And, and they're, you know, they're... Like I said, they're shooting some progressive stuff with Chris Foster and some other stuff, and it's cool, and they're shooting on red cameras, but even my production level is probably five levels above that, and I don't think anyone would argue that. I've got six helicopter shoots, 2,000 hours of tractor work, um, just you know, drones carrying red cameras. Um, it's just it's just a whole other level, dude. Camera cars, all that shit. So there's no other movie in the motocross world that can compare on the quality level. The closest comparison would be outside of that. That would be like a ski or snowboard movie, like Art of Flight or Fourth Phase or something that Teton Gravity Research does. Or That would be the closest comparison, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in the moto world, it just doesn't really exist. So I'm happy to set the bar there, but I'm doing one last film before I actually retire from making documentaries, and it will be my last motocross film. It's a film I've been working on since 2005, and it is going to be the holy grail of motorcycle films, motorcycle documentaries. This is going to set the, the standard. This is going to be equivalent to the dog town of motocross films, and it's the history of long-distance jumping, the history of the sport that Evil Knievel created. And I've been working on this since 2005, um, since I became, or even longer, I guess, if you want to consider how long I've been friends with Capes, which uh, would be about 2002, so about 2003, and I started shooting with Capes. But really, the concept all came together when one day I was out shooting Ryan Capes going for the world record for On the Pipe 2. He was going to be the first person to jump over 300 feet. And this guy comes up to me, and, and he's wearing this Evil Knievel leather jacket, and he's wearing these Reebok pumps you know remember the pumps right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. remember those yeah yep. yeah so it, this guy comes up to me and i swear i was like i had to like do this because i was i thought i was looking like into the 80s i was like am i looking into like a t- this is a time warp looking at this dude and he comes up to me and he's like this older dude turns out he's the announcer for capes and he's also the announcer for all of robbie knievel's jumps and he's like he's like he's like you're jay schweitzer i'm like yeah he's like i'm daredevil doug He's like, I've seen all your movies. He's like, let me tell you about my idea for the greatest motorcycle film ever made. I'm like, okay. I'm like, who is this guy, dude? Dressed like fucking some dude from the fucking 80s, you know? And, and he's like, he's like, I've been following long distance jumping from, you know, the history of, of uh, you know, even before Evil Knievel. And I know every jumper that's held the record from Evil Knievel all the way up to the modern guys, to the new guys, up to Capes and Blah, blah, blah. This is now he hit me up before Maddo had even come into the picture, and uh, he's all, you know, all the new guys. So you're working with all the new guys. He's like, between everyone I know, all the old guys, and you know, all the new guys, you know, we can we can tell the greatest motorcycle story that's ever been told. I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty fucking cool, man. He's like, you got to come to my house. He's like, I got a museum at my house. 
in, 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 you know, San Jose, you gotta come to my house. I'm like, all right. So I go to his house. Sure enough, this dude's got a museum of all these, like, old daredevils and their leathers and original flyers of evil and all these other guys. And he's like, he wants to get all baked. And he's like, he's like, let's get stoned. He's like, I'm going to show you all these videos of, of all these guys who have challenged evil Knievel and who have challenged Robbie Knievel and all these guys that have held the record along the way. It took me three days to get through all these videos. Wow. And dudes that dudes that you guys have probably never even heard of. In Mr. Backwards. 99.9% of the industry has never even heard of these guys. And it was – at that point, I was sold. I'm like, this is the coolest fucking story I've ever heard. Now, that's – 2005 is when he told me the idea. When I actually went to this guy's house, was 2006. So technically, I started working on the project with this guy in 2006. Now, 2006, Cape starts doing the big jumps. And then in 2007, I get a call from Bird. Right? I get a call from this Native American Indian dude. You know, telling me he's out jumping Nato and capes and blah, blah, blah. I go out there. I become friends with Bird. I start filming all his stuff. And then, you know, I through the On the Pipe movies and filming all the Red Bull X-ray stuff, I became good friends with Robbie Madison. So I start filming all of Maddo's jumps. I even invited Maddo to uh, Evil Knievel's funeral. And, you know, I'm the only camera guy that got into Evil's funeral, and I got them lowering the casket into the grave. Like, crazy stuff. And, um... And basically, I was at the right place at the right time. That year in 2007, the whole distance jumping just scene blew up. Capes, Matto, Bird, all three of these guys now pushing the level from where Capes had set it at 310. And Trigger went a little bit further, went 277. And now you got all three of these guys, you know, battling for this this record, you know. And so over the next couple of years, I'm, I'm spending all of the money I'm making from commercials and on the pipe movies. And I'm putting it back into this long distance jumping project, renting 35 millimeter motion picture film cameras, big pan digit cameras out there to film tapes and birds and all this shit. I was like, dude, I'm at the right place at the right time. I'm the only one that's bouncing back between all three of these dudes. And then uh, Capes ends up going like 391 feet and crashing and breaking his navicular and then his back. And he never really came back and went further. Um, Maddo ends up going 392, and in practice for the Red Bull jump with the Levi LaValle thing, in practice goes 392, and his wheel disintegrates, and he's lucky he rode away from that, and then he was supposed to go over four, but it didn't work out, and the fog rolled in, Levi went 412, and Maddo only went like 378, so he never went over four, and then Bird goes to go over four, and he crashes at 420 feet, which oh, I have exclusive yeah. footage on all of that as well. And then, you know, at, at that point, like, there, there's this, this lull in distance jumping. Yeah. And then in 2012, I get a call from this guy named Toes. Toes has the best long distance jump set up in the world, where Capes had done all his jumps. <clears throat> Bird went up there, but Bird had a falling out with Toes, just like Capes did. And so then Capes or Toes is like, I'm done with all distance jumpers. And then one day, this kid Alex Harville, who's in my, he's in all the pipe seven as a free rider, goes down to the ramp setup. He's he's riding around on the track. Alex is, a, is an amateur racer. He's a pretty good racer. Um, and he uh, he fucking sends it on the ramp. Goes 250 something feet on his first jump on a 250f. The video gets uploaded to YouTube. 
and um, Toes sees it and decides to get behind this kid. And within five days of distance jumping, the kid's already over 350 feet. Wow. I sent a filmer out there to see if he was the real deal. He was. And then uh, I decided, me and MacDog decided to go up there. Because MacDog is my partner on the project. And um, decided to go up there, rent a helicopter. And the first day, there's 11-mile-an-hour headwinds. And Alex consistently is jumping over 400 feet, 402, 405, and jumps 409 feet. Breaks the record while he looks over at me in the helicopter and um, sets the record. And then, you know, we're all stoked. And Alex is like, I'm not happy. He's like, and we're like, why aren't you happy? He's like, I can go bigger. I'm like, dude, you just broke the record, man. I was like, that's it. You just did in seven days what, you know, all these other guys have been trying to do for years, dude. Yeah. He's like, no. He's like, I want everybody back here tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. before the wind picks up. He's like, I'm not going to take any speed runs because my bike's getting too hot on speed runs and I'm losing compression. So I'm not going as far. He's all, I'm not going to take any speed runs. I'm going to warm up the bike, but I'm not going to take any speed runs. There's not going to be any wind, and I'm just going to send it one jump. And sure enough, fucking, he gets up to 106 miles an hour, and there's a three-mile-an-hour headwind, and he jumps 425 feet, shatters the record. Wow. So that is the big, big – that's what's next for me, dude. That is, that is Jay Schweitzer's holy grail. Of motorcycle movies. So when is that? When is your estimated release on that? Troy Adamitis and I start editing on it February one this year. Awesome. I'm gonna take uh, a month off, do some snowboarding in January, and then February, Troy, February, March, and April, all three of those months, Troy is gonna be working on the rough cut, and I'm gonna be kind of helping him and assisting him when I can. Um, and then after that, we're gonna. Uh, Keep going and try to get it ready in time for um, film festivals like Sundance and stuff like that for 2019. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. This is good now news. You've got the, now you've got the entire Jay Schweitzer story. And I'd like to thank you guys for having me on the show. Thank everybody who's helped me along the way, from all the landowners, the riders who believed in me and pushed the sport, um, all my filmmaker friends that have helped me out with projects throughout the year, the people that gave me my first chance at Motor Triple X, Smelly Eric, Jordan Burns, Kurt, um, obviously Mac Dog, um, and uh, who else? I'm sure there's someone else I'm forgetting, but uh, all the fans, of course, that, that you know believed in the On the Pipe series, and, and that's it, man. Without you guys, without the fans, there would be no On the Pipe series. Well, and, now what, are, what the fuck are we supposed to watch, Jay? What'd you say? What the fuck are we supposed to watch now? It's over. Reruns. It's a, you're just going Moto 10. There you go. I mean, look, dude, if you're going to make 10, if you're going to make a 10th movie, you better make it fucking gnarly. I would say that to Taylor because Taylor's actually a friend of mine. Taylor, you got to beat fucking on the pipe seven. So good luck with that one. There you go. <laughs> you got to do it. Took me, took me about three and a half, four years to make this one. So, Hey, when you were, uh, looking at all that old footage, did he ever show you any footage of Mr. Backwards? Oh yeah. Mr. Backwards. Of course. Awesome. Yeah, dude, Mr. Backwards is legendary. <laughs> he Are did. We did me? a show in, um, Deland, Florida and he was there. He had to have been 60 at the time, and he was still jumping like seven cars, sitting backwards on his Harley. 
Mr. Backwards is nobody can ride backwards as long as Mr. Backwards. That's uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, no, the East Coast, you know, and Doug Danger. When I was out there filming uh, on the Pipe Six with Brody, I filmed with Doug Danger at the Danger Zone. He, he, Doug Danger held the record longer than any other distance jumper. Seth tried to break it, and you know, it's kind of you know <clears throat> thinking he was going to break Doug Danger's record. Negative. He did eventually, <laughs> Seth did eventually go over 300 feet, but he didn't break a record. At that time, Capes had already gone further, but nobody's held the distance record longer than Doug Danger, dude. Well, there you go. You don't get the name like That's Danger like for no reason. Well, shit, man. Exactly. You know? Thank you. You killed it. I think that our um, actual listeners, the people that listen to this all the time, are going to be super stoked on this one because uh, we like getting into the history of all this stuff, and that's why we do this is because we're super fans of, you know, freestyle motocross, and Nick and I have both gotten to actually ride, you know, for a while and do shows and stuff like that, but uh, ultimately, we're just, you know, fans of all this stuff and all these guys and everybody that makes makes this happen you know the stuff that we've sat in our houses and watched over and over and over and got pumped to go ride and do stupid shit you know we appreciate all that so you're definitely it's it's, it's the riders it's it's the riders like you guys you know you're the ones who are keeping the sport alive you know the riders like Hart, like metzger like you know twitch potter maddo you know wes mcdonald's all those guys that you know pushed the level of the distance flip you know and and other innovators like Matt Hoffman and Danny Way and guys, you know, that have, you know, pushed to make ramps like quarter pipe, big air ramps. It's all those innovators, man, the riders themselves. It's the reason why there is even a sport. There's it's, there's a reason why there's even exciting shit to film and, and to showcase. So it's all because of you guys, dude, Clint. So right well, on. don't put that on me. I didn't do anything really fucking cool. But, uh, you know, I agree with you. I'm, I'm fans of all those guys. Uh you know, everybody you mentioned, Hart and Deegan, all those guys, you know, they made this shit happen and actually gave us an outlet to ride for a little while. But, I mean, you know, the thing is, too, though, if you don't have, um, you know, I realized very early on that nobody was going to come and film me and I needed to make that happen, you know, and I got, I got, like, Kyle, the guy I worked with, and ultimately, if we don't have the people to put it into some kind of, uh, you know, format and put it out there to the world, then it's just us jumping in the woods, you know? So, uh, I think it's definitely a combination. You need to have the, the media there and like you've been doing, pushing, just filming itself. Um, that helps it because more people want to watch it. They don't want to watch it on our grainy ass VHS footage anymore. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that, dude. It's 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 something I love to do, and, and um, you know, I'm all I'm always even if I'm not shooting freestyle motocross anymore or free riding anymore, you know, um, you know, I'm always gonna love filming stuff, and I don't think I'll ever lose my interest in shooting daredevil motorcycle jumping. That's one thing I can say for sure. Even after I'm done with the daredevil project, you know. Or, you know, if Colby Raha or someone called me up and said, hey, dude, come film me, do some crazy stunt or something, you know, or uh, I'll be there. You know what I mean? I'll still do it. Might not be making a movie about it, but I'll, I'll still do it. It's just, it's in my blood, you know, so, um, yeah. So, awesome. Well, I think that's a good uh, note to end on. Thanks for coming on. 
uh, had an awesome time. I'm sure Nick did too. Yeah, right on, Nick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, so it, 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 I'm 